Yeah. So I got my bow tie on, yeah I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah Wow, wow I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suitin' up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suitin' up so I got my bow tie on, yeah. I could be chillin' now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow ties. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. Let's hit that round of applause. Your favorites. It's the kid. You know it's real. B. Yeah, you know it's distinguished in the house. Uh, big shout out to our guy D Flow. He couldn't make it um tonight. You know what I mean? He he playing daddy tonight. Y'all know D Flow is big papa. Uh, but yeah, man, we back, man, with another uh, episode of Dad Has and Bowties. Your favorite podcast, the most dangerous on the face of the planet. And Tantalizing. <laughs> but before we get it cracking, cracking, you know what I mean? It's Women's History Month, so we got to give our, our black women a, 20 years. a shine. I don't care if it takes you 10 years. I don't care if it takes you three years. Take that time to become somebody worth being. Cut the world off if you got to and say, I got to go in. Because you, when you don't go in, you go without. Not only, not only going out outsourcing your power you go without you're gonna miss out on shit you're gonna go without happiness Definitely you're gonna go without peace blacks. you're gonna go without finances you're gonna go without love you're gonna go without tranquility you're gonna go without ascension you're gonna go without a lot of shit when you don't go with she's speaking with her esophagus the problem for me with religion because religion teaches you how to outsource your power on a lot of levels christianity in particular that you gotta have a middleman to get there no if you don't go within yourself you get still and quiet you're gonna cry it's gonna hurt but inside of the womb of your deepest pain it's the seat of your greatest strength you gotta be ready you gotta be ready to be hurt to be helped i don't care oh, yeah i mean i i don't know about the shot wow. at religion I, I don't know about all that yo you know, i but. sent yo i sent that to so many people and one of them was like why she had to talk about christian i'm like I want you to just listen. Maybe it was just in the rhythm. Maybe it maybe it wasn't intentional. Maybe it was just It was in boom. the rhythm. It was in the rhythm. You got to listen to the words. You got to listen to the words. You got to listen to the words because sometimes my my beautiful black brother, sometimes we miss the forest for the trees. Okay. This nigga's on some poetry shit right now. And we need to really listen to what the fuck is going. I don't want you to miss the forest talking about, this is a nice tree, motherfucker. Look at the rest of the forest. Or being upset this at the tree, thing. rather. You're not right. going, yeah, you're looking at the tree like, why is this here? But the forest <laughs> is really what we came here for. Right, bro. We, we came on an excursion. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. yeah, she was trying to take us on an excursion, y'all. I know right. we have some Christian listeners and... She wasn't. <laughs> she, she she ain't need to put that in there, but you know what I mean. She no, did. No. But there's a broader message <laughs> right. there. Okay, right. there's a broader message. So, uh, bro, let's get into this old man segment. Let's let's intro it in properly. Oh my oh. God. 
Yo, you got an old man nah, moment, bro? That, that's hilarious, bro. You might have to play that shit again, bro. Yo, you know what I love about that? People can finally fully understand what we mean when we say all man moment. They probably just thought we cut, we just took that shit out our ass or something like that. Right. Right. But now y'all finally right. get what we meant when all these Big years shout out, yeah. with the all-man moment. Big shout moment. out to Renny. Big shout out to Renny, man. Keep doing your thing, big bro. Um, So I didn't really have an all-man moment until I just went to the store. <laughs> so you guys don't know. So offline, really quick, I had to go to the store before uh, me and the bro started the podcast and get something for the podcast. But anyway, I go in the store. I see three people standing at the door. We live in a time, bro. Well, it don't matter if there's a sign that says mask or no, man, niggas are still walking to a store with no with, with no face. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, I'm like, and, and 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 this is teenagers I'm talking about. You know, they really don't give a fuck. And so yeah, you like, can't tell right. them nothing. You try and say some nah, shit. So, they want to. So I had up. my face mask on, trying to hurry up and mind my grown man business. I'm just trying to get one item, and I'm out the store. That's it. Get to the register. See my man's yo hen dog. Yo hen dog was good. Yo was good, bro. I ain't even realized I was you. Yeah, bro. I'm just trying to order some food. That's what's up, bro. Yo, Poppy, let me get this. All right, cool. Yo, bro, it's good to see you. All right, bro. Leaving the store. The same three people that was at the door was there. Girl, I would say between 16 and 18. The dude, I would say between maybe 17 and 19. And then there was another taller dude. He looked like he was probably 21, but he really was probably 15. So... <laughs> I'm walking by the dude that looked like he's between uh, 17 and 20. And she's like, oh, baby, uh, watch out, you know, get out the way. And I looked and I see hanging from her um, front, which appears to be a baby. And I'm looking at them like, yo, this cycle is vicious, bro. It's cold outside. My man got the flyest of the flyest gear on. Girl looked like her hair need a comb on the stove and then apply it to the hair. And the other dude just looked out of it. And I was just like, yo, what's Gucci with these teenagers, man? Like, what's really going on, man? Honestly, because I don't know, bro. I don't know. I'm Listen, like, man. it's a newborn baby on her. She looked like she just came out of some fresh water. And the nigga looked like he just did a record with Lil Uzi Vert. I don't know, bro. This nigga said know. out of some fresh water. I'm fucking done. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Like, I really. Listen, man. I don't know. We, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's going on out here. It's going on. You know, give, <laughs> give him a little. I don't know. Give him a little. <laughs> give him a little That's something. That's man moment, bro. Like, young dudes out here is prepared, determined to have bomb-ass sex, get a baby, and it look like y'all just well, that's gonna the thing. be it's not, ass death. It's, it's not bomb-ass sex. You know that that Damn. that conception probably happened within a two to five minute ratio. We we know that. Damn. And that, that'd be the thing about teenagers and sex. Damn. And the screen just went blank on that. Yo, yo the screen ain't shit. The screen say, yeah, I'm gonna go black on that one because, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, um, I think that young men in particular, when it comes down 
to that particular situation with a young lady. Got to be honest with yourself and be like, I was told a long time ago, I don't know, like, you know, what, what type of conversations you was having XAB when you was first getting into sex, but I was first taught when I was learning about sex, the moment you have sex, be prepared to have a child. That's how I was introduced to it from elders and even teachers at my school. It's like, if you prepared to put a condom on, be prepared for when the condom pops. You're taking a risk. I mean, the reality of the situation is every time you go swimming, especially without your diving suit. Right. That's 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 a reality that you have to face. And like you said, I don't know if everybody ready for that, but <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like, that's that's the risk you take. And if you're not ready to ri- take that risk, especially as a teenager, I suggest right. you find some other extracurricular activities to participate right. Other in. Other than that. Right, that's probably not going to be it. You know, you should probably just get some nice Vaseline or maybe get some Lubriderm. Now, Lubriderm might burn. So probably stick with the Vaseline. Um, <laughs> the, just the, some baby the, the oil. Hand. Baby oil does it, you know what I mean? Baby oil gets yeah, get you ba- right. Baby, I haven't I haven't used baby oil in a minute. Well, shea butter actually does the trick too. Some good old shea butter from the Ave. If you and Queens go to Jamaica Ave, see my man Tony. Tony! Yeah, pa- Pamela will handle shit. you. Pamela Anderson will get you right. Okay. Oh, a nice. A nice. Pamela. Nice. Pamela left and Pamela right. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> they double team you if you, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. They double team you for the night if you into that. You know what I'm saying? But right. uh, uh, me, all man moment. Um, Yesterday, I felt like a goddamn sack of bricks. I don't know if it was because of the rain or what, but. My body was aching. I was tired. Like this shit was, was wild. But um, I guess I'll I'll call that my all man moment. Also, I saw Judas and the Black Messiah, which we will get into. And okay, oh still, my. I still didn't get a chance to see it. You ain't that shit. see it, bro. Come on, nah, son. You I mean, you letting the culture down, talk about bro. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what was crazy is. I'm the Judas and Messiah nigga, so how I ain't see it, right? You the one who was saying it on the podcast the other day. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm about to see this shit. So I was like, oh, he definitely yeah. saw it by now. But yeah, I'm yeah, I, nah. I'm sure you have the historical context behind it. No, no, so. no, no, no. I know the story. So we could talk. I'm good, bro. I'm good. Bro, I'm okay. I'm okay. You're not breaking no spoilers for me, bro. I know how it started. I know how it's going to end. And I know the little in-between shit. I'm good. But, but I'm going to still see the movie. I instantly got tight after I watched the movie. I'm not even going to hold you. Like, watching oh, wow, it okay. and just seeing what was happening at the time yeah. and yeah. how the FBI was moving and how the FBI this nigga, was moving heavy in these streets, boy. And how Lakeith's character was moving, bro. Oh, my. We're going to get into it, though. We're not, we're not really going to ruin it. made you hate him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you're not going to like Lakeith after this shit. Um, there's not one moment where I had sympathy for the nigga. Not one moment. Oh, wow. But, um... Mm. All right, so I want to start off with this this question here. The person okay. you are today. Mm-hmm. So, does the person you are today measure up to the person you thought you would be when you were 20 years old? When you've envisioned now, yourself being your age now, did you would you say that the person you are compares to who you thought you would be when you were 20? Uh, okay. I'm I'm glad that you you said it like that. A little bit. And I say a little bit because for me personally, there's just one piece that's missing. Mm-hmm. And that's marriage and a kid. 
If I get that between, if I get that between now and maybe next year or maybe towards the beginning of 2022, I would have seen, okay, I did that. Because when I was 20, 2021, around that age, I told myself I was going to wait to have, I was going to wait to have sex because I wanted to be married. Ended up losing my virginity at 20, but I always knew at some, like somewhere in my life, I still wanted to end up getting married. And the more I've grown and the more I've been around people and, you know, have spoken to people about different things, such as D-Flow, such as yourself and other, you know, men that I look up to and even women who have been, you know, schooling me to the game all these years, I've realized that outside of all the things that I do, all the things that people know me for, all of my accomplishments, that's the thing that I want more than I want to, quote unquote, be considered as a a dope ass poet. You know, that's the thing I want to be known for more over you know, he he you know, he had a way with words, you know, he was cute or whatever, or he dressed nice in suits. Like I, I I want that. Everything else outside of that, I feel like I've achieved or or I've I've finally gotten to. I'm at a comfortable space in where I am financially. Um, I'm in a comfortable space with my sexuality. I'm in a comfortable space with having deep thought provoking and very vulnerable conversations, hence dad hats and bow ties. Um, and I'm also in a very profound space of self-realization and full transparency. And with that being said, all of those things from literally early twenties up until now, I feel like I've done a lot. Um, yesterday, I was acknowledged by one of one of my peers, or you know him, a metapoetic, a uh, prominent poet in the community. He basically was doing a 28-day highlight of everybody that he considered for himself, both people who were known and both people who were not known, and also local people like myself. He highlighted you for each day of Black History Month, and he mm-hmm. highlighted me on the last day. And I ain't gonna lie, bro. Um, I, I I damn near shed a tear behind the driving wheel when I saw it. I was like, wow, like he gave me my digital roses. Mm-hmm. He gave me my digital roses. And for me, that meant a lot because it's like when you think nobody's not watching, now people are watching. Mm-hmm. And and he wanted to highlight that. And I looked at everything. I was like, wow, like, you know, I did a lot. And we did a lot. And the people that I had around me, you know, whether, you know, we talk or not, and I also say this on my page, you know, whether I talk to those people or not, they helped the journey and they helped the growth. So I'm forever eternally grateful. Even the people that, you know, I love to death that um, they're no longer in my space, but they held um, they held a piece of me in, in molding my journey as distinguished. So... Mm-hmm. I'm grateful, man. Um, and I'm here, man. I'm I'm 30 motherfucking years old. I'm a grown ass man, man. I'm here, man. Yeah, I mean, when I when I think about this question for myself, I would have to say no because I feel like there's so many more levels of success that um I figured we would reach uh well, mm-hmm. at this point in time. Um and that's mm-hmm. not a knock to where we are, but mm-hmm. uh at 20 when I look at like where I am now, I know that at 20, I was expecting to 
have more of a profile as an individual because I feel like there's so much that I can bring to <coughs> society um, as a right. whole, even with this podcast in, in one aspect of life, um, but just in totality. So I don't know if that's maybe me not appreciating and it's a little contradictory because I had a conversation with a friend. I think it was earlier, um, maybe, well, not earlier this week, but last week, I think, um, where I told them, like, you know, sometimes you have to appreciate the moment, the journey. Right. And I asked them this question, and I'm going to do, I'm going to go into depth in this on in a different, um, later down the road. But I asked the question, I said, if... You got to peek into the future and at 35 or at 40 or at 50 or at 60, you saw that you accomplished everything that you thought you would accomplish or that you wanted to accomplish. Would you be upset? And naturally, the answer was no. And so I was like, well, it's already written in a sense, right? What's going to happen is going to happen. It's going to happen regardless. And so... (laughs) You just have to enjoy the journey. Like, you can't put so much pressure on yourself if you're not at a certain place or not. Um, but I, just being honest, I do think that to some extent, I, f- I figured there would be more of a national success um, by okay. this point. And, and that's not to say that we aren't nationally successful um, individuals. I do think we're, we've obviously are known in different states, but just not to the level that I would expect or, or desire, so... I don't know what that necessarily means, but I would say that the answer would, would kind of be no for me. Okay. Um, right. So let's get into this post. There was a post that was on IG. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it goes, my ex <laughs> just got engaged to the girl that stripped at his birthday party. Platonically. While we were together, men are literally so basic, LOL. And then Shorty writes, I will add to this tweet. She is not a professional stripper. I am pro-sex work. She is a skincare lady. She just decided to strip for my man at the time. But I'm happy they are together because he sucked at eating pussy in addition to being a pathological liar. Now, broski, if someone you dated dates somebody else after you that they introduced to you as just a friend or a best friend, do you feel like they were always feeling each other? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I gotta honestly be on my Omarion shit. Listen, man, I want I want happiness. If April wants to be happy, I want April. I want April's happiness just as much as she would want mine. You know. <laughs> um, oh, you on? Oh, you trying to be on your your smooth shit right now? Yeah, you know. I you know. Listen. Um, Diddy was with Cassie for how fucking long? And the personal trainer was just right there, but I don't think nothing was really established until Diddy and Cassie broke up. And right then and there, she probably was she probably was like, yo, it's time. And then he probably was like, I've been like this. And not to say Diddy's a bozo, Dizzy uh Diddy probably could buy that nigga ten times over. The moral of the story is <laughs> she realized that she was not um, in a relationship for all these years that was actually going to give her what she wanted. In the end, 
I don't even think in the end, just to even talk about Cassie's thing a little bit, I don't even think in the end she really wanted a baby or to get married per se. She, I think, wanted to know that somebody actually wanted her for real, for real in that light. Whether she would have got married to that guy that she's married to now and got the baby by him or not. So what you're saying is she left Diddy not because... Not solely because of the marriage and the baby, but because she right. wanted someone to appreciate her enough to want to get married and have a baby with her. Yes, yes. Like, I feel like all of that time that elapsed, I mean, again, the more and more that I grow and the more and more that I... He wasn't and, serious know, I, about I, her, in your opinion. Nah, he wasn't. Because, honestly, if he was, like, bro, look how hard fucking... And I don't know. Deep down, I feel like it's a fluke. I feel like... It might not end well because I was right about Kanye West and Kim. I was definitely right. Michael B. Jordan is doing a lot right now, son. I I, I don't know, son. He, to me, he doing a lot, kid. And I just really hope it don't backfire, son, because... And I'm not saying nowhere to the extent of what Boozy was saying about Lori Harvey. I don't know Lori Harvey, so I'm not even going to go there or make any jokes. What I will say is that the way that Michael B. Jordan is flexing, part of me feels like... He's genuine about it. One thing I've learned about me is that when I got it, got it, I don't mind spending my money on a check. I feel like in general, most men are like that. However, I feel like the way that the man spends his money on you, not just spending money because he got money, the way that he spends money on you lets you know the level of cater that he actually is trying to let you know that he fuck with you like that. So instead of just buying roses... He's going to buy the roses and then create a rose petal pathway to a fucking hotel room. And that's some creativity that most niggas ain't doing. I think he's serious about her, and I think she's serious about him. I just think that the main difference here, if we're keeping it a stack, uh-huh. oh, man, I'm, I, might, I might fuck some niggas up with this one. But the main difference here is Laurie is 24 and, and Michael B. Jordan is 33. So, okay, so he's an older nigga. I didn't even know he was that old. That nigga look good for 33, damn. Okay. So, experience mm-hmm. plays a part now. Experience, correct, correct. And correct. I think that because Lori is so used to dealing with so many fuck niggas, that damn. that might play a part. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Diddy was a fuck nigga? <laughs> Bro, come on, son. In in that scenario, yes. Diddy overall Diddy was a fuck nigga in that, in that scenario. Yes. yes Diddy yes, overall, yes. let's not get it twisted. Revolt might pick us up one day. I fuck with Diddy overall in, in his story. I don't know Diddy right. personally, so I can't say right. what I say that I fuck with him on that level. Cause I don't know the right. nigga. I don't know if I we we would hit it off or not. Overall, right. I fuck with Diddy's story. In right. that scenario, being a 50-year-old nigga dating a 24-year-old and then letting your son date her after or whatever the fuck crazy shit was going on there, <laughs> wild, I don't wild, know. Wild. I was not there. But if wild. that if that rumor is true, he's a fuck nigga for that, for sure. Like, right. We're not, we're going not, back really quick, though, before we continue on this path, because I think we're about to go into some <laughs> uncharted waters. I feel like it's about to get really crazy after this. Do you think that Lori Harvey, in her mind, is saying to herself, I'm going to date and or, parentheses, fuck as much people as I want because nobody's really putting out an effort to show that they really want to be with me. Or do you think it's because I'm just dating to date and whoever say I do, I'll stop? 
I think Lori was living her best <laughs> life. Facts. And I don't know if she really thought that there was something serious there with Future. Like, or no. or or Diddy. <laughs> or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, think she, I think she went into those situations knowing good and well what she wanted out of that. Like right. Diddy was uh, probably she just wanted like, a good time and yep. you know maybe maybe some scenery and that's it. Some splurging. Oh, Diddy, you yes. want to you want to splurge on a young girl? Go ahead. But I know yeah. you're not taking me seriously, so I'm not taking you seriously. That's what I think it was with Diddy. That's what I right. think it was with Future. Future, you got right. a reputation. Let me see what it is. And I think Lori is just smart enough. Not let me not say that. That sounds wrong. I think Lori just had mm-hmm. the mentality to right. go into it and not put her, not invest feelings in people that she saw didn't invest feelings in her. She was able to peep that Correct. early on and not get caught up with trying to make something out of nothing. When there's, And I think that, unfortunately, that's where a lot of us go wrong is we try to make something out of nothing. There's nothing there. This person is letting us know and showing us in different ways off that there's rip, nothing there, and we still continue to try to make something. And then when it, it backfires... Yes, they are fuck people, fuck women and fuck niggas. But at the same time, we played ourselves. So I think that that's part of the story that Mm -hmm. we're dealing with. And in terms of Lori (laughs) Harvey, I think that that, unfortunately, some of that inexperience of dealing with a real nigga might come up in her dealing with Michael B. Because I think Michael B. is going to treat her like a gentleman. I think Michael B. is going to try and do the right thing. I think Michael B. is old enough that he's not really, you know what I mean, like playing games. He's trying to really see what's good. Um, and I, I think just so. think that as a 24-year-old girl, she's either going to sink or swim, meaning she's either going to be able to deal with a mature man, uh, and I'm not saying that their age gap is crazy because I don't think it is personally. Um, no, no, no I, don't, I don't think it is either. But he's either not going to – she's either not going to be able to deal with the fact that he's old and mature – and kind of in a different space. Right. Or she is going to be able to match his energy and they're going to be all right. So that's, well, that's we how we going to see. Yeah. We definitely <laughs> going to see. But um, yeah, back to this this little thing with the friend. I don't know, bro. Like that is kind of kind of sketch. I don't know if they necessarily would always be fucking with each other. Like on the low. I don't know if, if Shorty would have been cheating on me. But right. If, if, if Shorty had nigga, a nigga come through and strip for her for her birthday, and it was like, oh, right. that's just my best friend, and then we break up, and then three months after we break up, they dating, and then they get married, that is sketch, sketch water. I'm not saying that this something is, happened, but it's this sketchy. This is what I think. I think... Dude, this is about to be a wild episode. <laughs> this is what I think, bro, deep down inside. I think a girl that is on the verge of leaving her relationship or trying to get out of her marriage and somebody was already in the mix, let's say she didn't do anything with the person. I see where this is going. The moment the relationship is over, she's hopping on the imaginary dick to make it a reality reality thing. I have had some of my women (sighs) friends tell me that when they felt their relationship was dying or over they started entertaining niggas before the relationship actually ended yeah yeah that, i think I, I think 
I, yeah, yeah. I think I think that happens a lot, and I feel like for the girls who do not want a uh, uh, a dirty mind or a bad conscience, they will entertain the nigger up until the point the breakup happens. The moment the breakup happens, that's when you get the yo come through and fuck me. Yeah, they'll entertain, meaning they might let the nigga take them on dates. Right, right, all that, right. Kiss we, a little bit, you know, even, you know. Yo, bro, what type of episode you want to have? Because I'm about to, right. what type of episode you, we, I bet that nigga. Like, finger <laughs> pop, finger pop at the movie theater. I bet that nigga where Shorty was in a bad relationship and, and figured right. it was ending soon. And she was going out on dates and it'd be like, that's how I knew that something was wrong because I'd be like, we'd be on this date and you'd be giving me all this fever in text messages right. or right. in the inbox or during the date. But up right. until something physical is about to happen, that's when you kind of start getting reserved and start acting and, and weird. Then that's and, when, and then that's when that Trey songs come on. You know you dead wrong. <laughs> that's oh, a- up in the club and you left your man yeah, yo yo I think I might have had <laughs> that plane with want. one of those chicks in my car wow that, that might have happened bro <laughs> but like this is a real thing so now it's a real thing I've also been the were dude, you proud of it what happened were you proud were you proud of it nah see the thing is <laughs> I would say 70% of the be a real time, nigga episode yeah it's a real nigga episode 70% of the time, I didn't know up until afterwards. Like, maybe I knew about the wait, relationship. Wait, 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 nigga, what? Uh, let me finish. Nigga, are you on this? are you on this podcast talking about you ain't know 70% of the time? 70% of the time, I probably didn't know she was this in a relationship cap. until after. That's not cap, nigga. 70% nigga. of the time, shorty would be like on some... Not even mentioning she had a nigga or acting like she you didn't kn- have a nigga. You know niggas is going to kill you when you release the clips of this episode, How, bro. bro? How, how was I supposed to know? How was I supposed to know? Bro, when you... Bro, wait. I got I got a few questions now. <laughs> go Hold ahead, the fuck bro. Up. <laughs> when you go out with shorties, bro, you don't ask initially, hey, so what's the situation? Bro, you know are that... You-, you know shorties are great at hiding when they got a situation? No, 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 I hear you, but in your heart of heart, <laughs> the ones that's asking you questions and you asking them, you don't be like, this bitch is lying. Like, she knows she got Nah, first of all, honestly, that question rarely comes up when I'm dating somebody. Really? I recently, like, not too long oh, ago, no. had women start asking me, like, oh, are you, you date? Like, that's a new thing to me, for me personally. Like, oh, no. from the bulk of my dating career... Women haven't asked me that question. They don't. They don't really from ask the me. Bulk of my dating career—that's <laughs> a fact. My career high. For my, for I the, bet it. For the bulk of my dating career, that has not been a, a consistent question. But I had a I had a few triple doubles back in 2013. <laughs> Definitely had a triple. You know what the triple double is? <laughs> Definitely had a couple triple doubles. But but yeah, like seventy percent of the time, I, I had no clue. Then you okay. would. Then the thirty, the other thirty, it would be like, Shorty's telling me that it's ending or it, it's over, or okay. they'd make it seem as if it ended, but really and truly they just had an argument, and okay, she wanted to do whatever she wanted to do, um, but that's been my experience. So I've also been the nigga though 
that has been Shorty's best friend. And when she was in a relationship, I respected the relationship. Like I'm not, I I didn't hit on her or not. Like as soon as I know my friends, or, or as soon as I know someone that I was attracted to, um, that was in a relationship. Like I respect the relationship. I'm not that type of nigga. So is there a few relationships that you that deep down inside you want to destroy? Keep it a hundred. Oh, that's deep a good down question. inside. That's a real nigga question. That, damn, Let this podcast ask. getting spooky tonight, y'all. Y'all getting some shit. <laughs> I guess is there any relationships that I am aware of that that you really want to destroy? Like, if you had the opportunity, I should say that I'd be like, damn. Uh, You mean the people we know, though, not like some celebrity shit. People we know, because I know some people right now. I can't say no names. Obviously, it's that has some bow ties. There's there's about two. I'm like, I'm willing. I'm willing to risk it all. Honestly, bro, (laughs) I I don't think so. I don't think there's anybody that that. I mean, I I personally don't really even think like that. But if like I had to think hard. I still can't really, like, think of any and relationship at the moment. I'm saying for me, for full context, okay, because I know I'm going to hear about this after the fucking episode. So, <laughs> I already know. I'm going to hear about this shit. Y'all, y'all niggas know my life, man. For full context, what I mean when I say that is that there are women that when I had the opportunity initially – to really cuff them and wife them. Oh, I already know one of them. Mind. One of them that yeah, you think about. And, I'm not. Right. And and like every once in a while I'll be like, I'll be wanting to ask some real, 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 real tough questions. But in my mind, I'm like, I still know we cool enough to talk about it, but the overstep might be prying too much in what the relationship dynamic is because I don't think I was ever a rebound and I feel like maybe I made the person at the time or persons feel like they were rebounds and when it was finally time for me to get my actual head in the fucking game the coach said nigga you sitting out for the rest of the season and I ain't gonna lie I was tight cause I was like you actually, like, right now, like, you should possibly even be my low-key fiancé. Dead ass. Yeah. Yo, what, what we giving them today, <laughs> what, we, what, we serve, what we serving? We going, we going all the way in. Right, like, we serving up the fucking gumbo? Yeah. Come get your gumbo. <laughs> when I think about it, there was a particular situation mm-hmm. where Shorty did get into a relationship. Oh. And... Because of the way it happened, because right. it was, she was dealing with me, then she went and met this nigga, started dealing with this nigga, uh-huh. and then got into a relationship with him. Okay. Be- because of that, I knew that I could destroy the relationship, and I tried <laughs> not to, but when Shorty gave me opportunities, I didn't deny them. <sighs> Keeping it a stat. I'm going to keep it in the stack. But these girls going to do what they want, want, want. They going to do what they want. Because there was a time where Shorty slapped my ass while she was in a relationship. And that ass slap wasn't on some like, (laughs) first of all, it was like, don't play with me like that. You in a relationship. Don't be like. But it also was on some like, I know what time it is. As well as. There was some messages I was receiving when Shorty was in a relationship with this nigga. Damn. Let me know that if I was that type of dude, I I could have did some things. So 
that has come up. You know what I mean? Like there has been a time where I was like, nah, I I really could violate this situation if I wanted to. But um, that's just some yeah, real nigga I, shit. In my life, because of what I'm trying, like I'm trying to get into the next transition. I feel like from 20 to 30 is not just 10 years. I feel like 20 to 30, nigga, is like 45 plus years, bro. It's like, because there's so much shit that happens between 20 and 30. And then by the time you're in your 30s, it's like, nigga, you're in your 30s, you might feel like you're in your fucking 50s. <laughs> because if, if you do your 20s right, your, your 30s should give you a, an immense amount of wisdom. Right. And I feel like with me, right this second, you know, I, I know we're talking greasy right now on the podcast. Deep down inside, I'm not trying to fuck up nobody relationship because absolutely not. When because when I get married, when I get married, because I will get married and I will have my kids. Probably gonna have a daughter first. I'm putting that into the universe. Um, I don't want to be thinking in the oh, back of my mind. You making my life hard. Damn. I see it already. Oh, go ahead. Like, Right, like, damn, I don't, I don't, um. You don't want that karma. That karma, bro. If that, that karma don't come to me, it's definitely going to my kids. I, I, it's coming, but I know it's coming because I know already there's a lot of shit that I did in the past that was fucked up. And I did it because at that particular moment, I didn't give a fuck. And I also know there's some shit that was done to me in the past that the people that did it to me, they ain't give a fuck either. But now I'm at a point where it's like somebody did write this on my page and I agree with it. It should not have to take a child or a marriage for you to be like, I'm a change. However, sometimes drastic times calls for drastic measures. Absolutely. I mean, I think about that all the time. Like, for instance, when I am in situations where like... Mm -hmm. I, if I am fully aware that you are in a relationship and you're throwing it, I'm I'm most likely not going to catch it because I don't want that karma. I don't want to be in a right. relationship and my shorty is throwing it at some nigga and I don't know about that and some nigga catch it. Like that that's just not the type of karma I want coming back to me. Really and truly it's about living a moral lifestyle to some extent. Morality don't necessarily have to mean that you have to be ultra conservative, covered up and this, that, and right. the third, but it's just about common decency, the golden rule, you know what I mean? Like, do unto others what you would want done unto you, and sometimes you just gotta make that hard decision, where it's like, yo, shorty is throwing it, and I'm attracted, but she's in a whole relationship, I don't even know what that means, maybe when she gets out of that relationship, maybe I'll receive this a little differently, but for and, now, I ain't trying to do that. But 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 wait, but I don't know though because this is the way that I look at that. If this is what you're, and I'm not saying you're gonna do it to me. If this is how you're acting towards me when you're in a relationship, what happens if you become my girl? Exactly, that's the other. That's the other part of the coin, right? Is like, right. all right, you are not being faithful now. So, but but that that ends up putting it for me at least. That and that is that is the only scenario or one of very slim scenarios where you put yourself in a box with me. I don't know if I could take you seriously if I got you off the, you know what I mean, while you was in somebody else's relationship. You would have to really break down how fucked up that relationship may have been that made you feel like, yo, it wasn't even a real relationship at the time that I did what I did with you. And even then that, I don't know how much, how deep I can can go into trusting you on that end. 
But that is one of the very few times where, you know, sometimes people be like, uh, it's not sex. Having sex on the no. first date or having sex 90 days later, a lot of right. women get it get it twisted. It's not the sex. It ain't going to make a difference. Yeah, it does not make the difference, difference for, for <laughs> most of us niggas. What makes the difference really and truly is how you carry yourself. If you carry, yeah, yeah. like if you're carrying yourself in a way where I'm going to come to the conclusion because I'm not going to call you out of your name. I'm not going to say that you're carrying yourself like a quote unquote whore slut. I don't even believe in them terms like that. But if you're carrying yourself in a way that I deem may not work for me in a relationship, right. then I'm moving you out the box of the relationship. You like so if I get you and you're still with your man and and you're trying to push up on me while we're him. Listen, you're just going to be a fuck buddy at this point. Like, I, I can't it. really make you my girl. Right. And I just wanted to be firm and clear. What I'm talking about now is pre-marital, which means when I get married, I'm probably going to be censoring half the shit I talk about. You know, like D Flow does. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Because that nigga be swerving my shit. He be like, ha, nigga, about to swerve. I see no shit, nigga. Curving my shit. So I'm I'm gonna probably be doing the same thing. I don't wanna be out here. And that's not to say I I should even still be out here wilding out on my um girlfriend or girlfriends per se or or whoever I'm talking to, but I think deep down inside, we want certain things to happen in our relationship and before we get to that next step in terms of really making it official tissue people just not honest and say what they want like honestly if i'm dating or married to somebody i want my partner to be like straight up yo every once in a while if it's gonna be an issue let me know now before we get too deep i want to fuck other niggas from time to time let me make a decision on how i feel about that don't just do it and then vice versa I don't want to be just blatantly trying to go behind your back, have different fucking phones and secret locations and the fuck just to smash chicks. That shit is. And I know people right now, bro, is uh, and I can't even say you're sad because I did it. I just didn't go that far with the cell phone situation. I didn't have two, three phones that, that to me. That's too much. People right now talking about, yeah, you know, I got my husband, but I got two side niggas. You you playing a dicey game, ma, but good luck. Well, it's funny. I hope I, everything works out. I just had a conversation with one of my friends about this the other day, and I said, right. I was like, for me, I would much rather be able to have a relationship with you where, for me, I, everything is built on trust. I know right. for, for myself, if trust is not involved, that is what brings me out of character. If I okay. don't trust you, that is what makes me feel insecure in a relationship. So okay. it, if I realize that you're a liar, if I realize that you're sneaky, if I realize that you're doing things behind my back and you just can't be straightforward, that is the thing that that will bug me and make it so that my relationship is not healthy in the sense of I'm not going to feel good in it. And that might make me do things that make you may make you feel like you're not good in it. Maybe I, right. I'm going to, that might bring out a controlling side of me. I don't know myself to be controlling. I've never had a controlling bone in my body, but I do realize, I have realized rather, when I've been in a situation where I felt like I didn't trust the person, it made me start to feel types of ways and think about things in ways that I never did before. So for me, trust okay. is the foundation of everything. If I don't trust you, we can't like, 
we can't do anything. So I would much rather a situation where, yeah, if you're feeling that way, we need to have the conversation beforehand. And if it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I want to go deal with other people, at least tell me that and then ha- let me make the decision for myself if I'm going Correct. to continue to deal with you, even though this is what you want to do. Or if I'm going to say, you know what, this ain't for me. You know what I mean? If you want to see other people, that's cool. Do your thing. I'm going to holler at you. But but trust is the foundational piece of that, for sure. For me personally, I just want my partner to be happy. Like, I'm at a point where it's like, honestly, like, honestly, I don't know how I would be in a marriage, um, even though, even, even though I, I think I have an idea. But in terms of relationships, yo, if you want to fuck somebody else on the side or if you want to fuck somebody during the week or one, listen, just let me know, man. You know what I mean? In, in the words of Kanye West, you know what I mean? Deception is the only felony. So don't fuck nobody without telling me. You know what I mean? That's it. That's, that's all. That's all I want. Just let me know if you want to fuck Tommy tonight and let me know where y'all going to be because if shit get crazy, then I got to bring the goons with me and then we just fix that up and then probably even going to send a nigga in an Uber like, yo, don't do this again or it's clip for you. Like it's, it's night night. You know what oh, yeah, I mean? I don't need all that. But <laughs> <laughs> for me, my rule book is is as such. When we're, when we're in a quote unquote dating phase, yeah. Anything anything goes. Like I don't have I, I don't have a right to really question be, you like yeah, that. Yeah, question you like that. Be in or your get business tight like, about what you doing. Or get or get tight. Like I I probably will get tight if I hear something I don't like, but I don't <laughs> I I can't there's no reason for me to project that onto you. You know what right, I mean? Like right. if I hear something I don't like, I hear something I don't like. That is what it is. I can't come at you crazy about it because you're we're not together you're not my girl in a relationship right different rules because the relationship for me as as some of our listeners know if they've backlogged our episodes a relationship for me is we uh, that's the practice for marriage we we are seeing how we cohabitate a little bit together how we are if we're in each other's face 24 7 not saying physically have to be living together whatever but I am saying, like, that's when the communication picks up a lot more. That's when it's like, if you want me to call you every day, I I understand why you want me to call you every day. So I'll be a little bit more inclined to do that. But for me, that is the practice stage for for marriage. If I'm getting married to you, that means that the relationship already kind of felt like it right before we got married. So So on on that note, before we get to our next topic, the Golden Globes, we made it. We made it to our twenties, bro. Yes, sir. Me and you made it to me. Me and you made it into our twenties. We was able to experience everything. Now we're in our thirties. Mm-hmm. Um, we made it out of our twenties without getting locked up, without going to jail, without having any uh, warrants, without, according to our knowledge, anybody knocked up and a baby out there somewhere. Um. No, I know. We're not, <laughs> we're not, not according to our knowledge. No, I know. <laughs> we're we're not we're, we're we're not married nor are we engaged or have had anything in terms of relationship dynamics get to that point. The point I'm trying to make now is are we leaving our thirties not being husbands? Here's my thing. I don't put timestamps on love. I think that Okay. I think people make the mistake of doing that. I think people make the mistake okay. of saying I need to be married by 28 or I need to 
be having right. children by X, Y, and Z. I need to have a house by 30. <laughs> right. However, what I will say is... Okay. Um, the older I've gotten, the less dating around has been as appealing. Like... Oh, wow. Okay. Knowing I could get this chick and I could get that chick, all of that is not that appealing to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are moments where getting to know somebody on a more deeper, intimate level is way more appealing to me than going on a date this month with this new chick and then going on a date the next month with another new chick. Like, that is less appealing to me. Starting from scratch over and over and over again is less appealing to me. You know what I mean? Like, I can very easily live a bachelor lifestyle and just be out here with these superficial like relationships with different women, but mm-hmm. it is it's less appealing. Not to say that it's like the worst thing in the world to me. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying it is right. less appealing than kind of being in a relationship with somebody and building something and having that individual learn about me and I learn about them. That is more appealing to me now. What I've learned about myself is that Oh boy, I'm addicted <laughs> to dating. I'm I'm not even gonna not even gonna sit up on this fucking show and lie. Like I'm addicted to dating, and I'm not addicted in the sense like I feel like last year distinguished and this year distinguished is definitely gonna be radically different because there's a lot of things that's different about me uh, going into 2021. But the thing that I've learned from going into 2020 and having all the experiences I had and coming into 2021 is that. When I like somebody or when I'm in a groove, I like to put I like to put people in categories. Mm-hmm. So I like this girl over here because me and her, we travel and we might go out of the country. I like this girl over here because she has great ideas for business and she knows I have a business and maybe I could help her with her business in terms of promotion, ideas which I've had with a few people that I've dated um, and, and it's worked out for them tremendously. I wish I would have did that shit. Um, <laughs> uh, then there's people that we just have, we just have great sex. Like I just, I mean, we just, and that, that be the main reason why we link. We just link to do that. And, and it's not on some, you know, I hit you quote unquote, whenever I actually have a rapport with some of the people that I do those things with. Like it's people I've been known for a minute and it just, never happened and then when it happened the shit was great um and then there's people that i just realized on the date or while talking it's like that's not gonna go nowhere because a part of me just feels like you need somebody that's not to say that i'm over anybody's level but i just feel like a lot of the things that I'm doing, especially right now, as you know, bro, I'm going to Atlanta in less than five days. I'm fucking Speedy Gonzalez with my life, right? Everything is just happening so fast. And some people be like, when do you have time? You don't have time for me. And I kept, and I keep trying to overcompensate. Like, yeah, I got time. I can make, I actually cannot make time for you. Because for one, I don't have time. And... I don't want to make the time. I mean, that's the reality, and that's why I said earlier. Damn, <laughs> I'm not going to end of that one. 
But <laughs> go ahead and end it out. That that's the reality, and that's why I said earlier that it becomes less and less right. appealing to date so many different people because right at some point, there, so there's stages in dating. Right in the talking mm. phase, people don't really care that much, and and for some people, talking phase might just be two, three weeks, and then they're expecting more out of you. For other people, right. it might be two, three months, and then they expect more out of you. But there's always mm-hmm. a ceiling where people start to expect more, and if you don't deliver more, there's either one or two ways that it goes. That individual will then start to leave you alone because in their mind, they're saying this person mm-hmm. is not serious about me. Or they'll start right, to right. demand what they want out of you. And then that leaves you in a position where you have to then say to yourself, do I want to give them this amount of time that they're asking for or attention or whatever it is? Or do I not want to do that? Are they not that much of a priority? And the reality of the situation sometimes is they you don't want to prioritize them that much. Because I guarantee when you meet that person that is everything when they ask for or when they start demanding more and of course they have to be in a they have to be in a position where they can demand more too right like they're showing something to you where it's like yeah nah they deserve more attention from me you're gonna do it right you know what i'm saying like some people just don't be in that position and they be demanding stuff and it's like whoa i just met you you ain't work for anything Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know you well enough to drop everybody else that I'm talking to to give you 24 seven time. I'm sorry, we just met, and I don't right. know that much about you. So no, right. I'm if this I'm the on first the dating day, market, this, this is the first day on a job. You don't have no vacation days. You don't have no personal days, sick days, nothing. You're accumulating <laughs> shit. <laughs> you don't got you don't exactly. got it to be demanding it. You know what I mean? But that's where I think sometimes the difference does come because for me. I can date you for a very long period of time and still not feel like we're at a space where you can kind of demand these things from me. And for some people, yeah, it's like, like I'm getting there. A lot of a lot of women, though, I do feel like they have like a six month, three to six month cap. If you're not and giving me fine. the energy that I want within that amount of time, then bye bye, nigga. Like that's and great. I, I, Cut me I off. Understand and it. Put me in a friend zone because I'm gonna always <laughs> be fucking good. Believe that. <laughs> I mean, for me, Believe it's not even mind. about being good. It's just, you know what I mean? Maybe we didn't click. I I don't know. I'm just bred very differently. Like, I, I've dated. And maybe it's the way that I date that maybe isn't allowing me to get to the point I want to to learn somebody within a, a certain amount of time. But I just know human nature. And the dating experience that I've had, a lot of mm-hmm. people do not even reveal their true self until six months in. True. It's true. It's a lot of facades. And it's a lot of like looking good because that's what dating is, is you trying to get the job. You know what I mean? Right. So you come in with a suit and tie every day. But exactly. a lot of people don't let their hair down. I always say this. I don't really feel like I know you until we get into our first disagreement or back and forth. When you first show mm. me what it looks like when you're angry. When it first shows me what what it looks like when me and you don't agree. How do you respond? How do you act? If you cursing me out and call me all types of fuck niggas, this ain't going to work. If we can have yeah. a conversation and rationalize and 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 talk it out, this could work cuz that's the type of of relationship that I want where we could talk things out. I'm I don't want to be with somebody who you such a fuck nigga. Da-da-da-da. Get the fuck out. Like all that bird shit, I'm not with it. For me, I'm not with it. That ain't me. 
Oh man, three girls just slid out of our DMs. God bless you, women. God bless. <laughs> we we don't need none of that. Okay. Speaking about God bless. God bless every person that is black on this list. We about to announce R.I.P. to the goat Chadwick Bozeman. My goodness. Uh, big shout out to Daniel. Cannot pronounce that last name. Andrea Day took a home <laughs> last day of Black History Month. Kaluuya. Um, play that speech, big bro. Daniel Kaluuya. Play that speech. Kaluuya. Um, play, play that speech, man. Wow. I, 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 oh, let me see if I can find that. Let me see if I can find this speech. For yeah. Me. So I'm going to just answer this question really quick while my bro finds that. So as an actor, what does... Let me just wait. That shit crazy. Come on. Let me just wait. That shit crazy. Come on. There we go. All right. So, um, I'm not really big into like awards, ceremonies, plaques. They're nice to have. I'm glad mm -hmm. that we get them. I'm glad that we could have them. However, for me personally, yo, what's really Gucci right now, son? Gucci right now, son. Every day, you know, you get a chance as an actor or an actress to play somebody else to actually leave your real world and to escape the madness. I think that's a blessing. I think that's an amazing thing. Oh, what? The, yo. I think it's an amazing thing because we go through so much shit every single day being our real selves to jump into another person's mindset or to develop a character when you're doing like your character development stuff in your, you know, workshops and your classes with your directors. And then to actually be noticed for it in the work that you do, whether you're dead or alive, and then to get this big ass accolade, I think it's a dope thing. And I think it just goes to show that in terms of how we think as people, for somebody else, bro, to be the viewer and to watch somebody else play a, a completely different character that they've never seen, never heard of, and give that character life, that says a lot about our human psyche and the depths that we're willing to go to portray somebody for maybe an hour or two on screen or maybe for a few seconds because, you know, there's, you know, characters that only got a few lines. But to be these people, to create a world that's not real. And then to receive a golden globe. You guys see where I'm going with this? A golden globe on a fictionalized world, some parts of it in um, the movie or a movie, I think that's fire. So, you know, shout out to every actor and actress who has received the golden globe and who's on their way in getting a golden globe. And hopefully one day, you know, we could be saying, yo, distinguished, you know, Malek Man got a golden globe, you know? I think that's dope. So shout out to all of the... Uh, um, award each. Well, here's what uh, Chadwick's uh, wife had to say. Okay. Mr. Denzel Washington. Lots of people at Netflix. You would think Ms. Viola Davis, Mr. Glenn Turman, Mr. Michael Potts, Mr. Coleman Domingo, Ms. Taylor Page, Mr. Dusan Brown. <coughs> And I don't have his words. But 
we have to take all the moments to self-think. Yeah, so she said Damn, like that was that was that was hard to listen to. Damn. It really was. It it she said like she doesn't have his words, oh, but I definitely felt the emotion through what she was saying and I still can't believe that he's gone. I was really Yeah, yeah. He was really someone that I was looking up to um in some regards. Like I just loved his journey, just everything that he yeah. was doing with his life and then when he passed mm-hmm. to find out how dope he was in his personal life with his wife and his family that even it just added more to the mythos of who Chadwick Boseman was to me so it's crazy to to hear her speak and seeing as like she was not in the limelight when he was no, alive she was not in the limelight and i feel like just to speak to that too i think it's important and i feel like for me i'm learning that you know who I am, bro. Uh, I've been your bro since day one. Uh, I was talking to somebody that I'm going to be their officiant for their wedding and shit in three months. I'm going to be their officiant for their wedding in three months. And she basically said to me, distinguish, you know, you're an artist. You know, you artist people always lose jobs and get jobs. So whoever dates you guys has to understand that there's highs and lows and there's ups and downs. And it just made me realize, yeah. We, and anybody that's an artistic person, no matter if you do a podcast or you're a rapper or a singer, well, probably not so a rapper, but if you're like something other than a rapper um, and, you know, you're more than that, um, rappers is going to kill niggas now. But yeah, but what I'm trying to say is that if you are a person that is of artistic expression and you consider yourself an expressionist in any medium of art, you are going to, at some point, be like, I'm not getting any money. So shout out to all of the women and men who are not in the limelight, who are not artists, but stick by their artistic spouses. Mm. Because I guarantee, bro, there were days where Chadwick was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it into Hollywood. Mm. And his wife was like, keep going, baby. I got you. I'm going to help you send off those headshots. I'm going to help you send off those resumes. I'm going to help you, you know, try to get a person. I don't know the industry, babe, but whatever you need me to do, I got you. Those are the motherfuckers that deserve everything when you make it. Everything. Every, even if they don't want it, give it to them because they held it down. And that's what we need, bro. We need a motherfucker to be like, yo, X is not feeling good right now, but. I'm going to be taking over Dad Hassan Botas for a week in terms of admin. I seen him do a little things, and I didn't really know what to do about it, but I got somebody to help me do graphics similar to how he does it, and I'm going to post it on the page because I, I got his phone right now. He can't do it right now. That's a motherfucker that me, I'm going to cherish whoever that person is that holds you down like that forever. Forever. Because that's some that's real shit. That's a fact. That's real shit. So shout out to her and shout out to every spouse that has an artistic person that, you know, is in that field and shit look dread some days or, you know, money slow and you just sticking with them because you believe in their vision just as much as they believe in their vision. That is a bare fact. So Judas and the Black Messiah, since uh, our <laughs> man Lord. Daniel caught that, caught that golden glow for that. Right. I know you said Which, that you haven't seen the movie yet. 
Right, which really quick, by the way, he's been having an exceptional career as an actor. He Oh yeah, he picks some great He's roles. been doing damage out here, bro. <laughs> he's been doing some damage. Now, I have heard some interviews where he was a little sus in them interviews, but Okay. Like, well, like what he did said he say things, that made you sus? Uh he said something about black culture in one of his interviews that was just like a little <laughs> interesting. It wasn't okay. it wasn't like all the way to the left like I've heard some actors, I can't remember this dude's name. Some dude was wilding talking about police brutality and he was just all the way off on it. But Okay. Um Yeah, he just said some things and it was just like eh, I don't I don't really know, but again, he's from the UK, so okay. their experiences yeah, are slightly it's different. It's different out there, yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different. But um Bill, bro, Bill from Judas and the Black Messiah, what <sighs> was do you feel like he would have he do you feel like he did things that a average everyday nigga would do or he just was a shitty person? I think deep down inside he was a shitty person. I would say he's a he shitty person shitty. too. Yeah, he First of all, to stoop to the heights and the magnitude, not just the height, the magnitude of the height to take down not just one person, an entire organization. You must really hate yourself, man. You must really deep down, deep rooted, like past your ancestors, like when God was first creating the universe, you dead ass hate yourself. Especially once you realize that they weren't what the FBI told you they were. Correct. Once you realize that they were doing things for the community, they were fighting oppression, and that they were just willing to use force when necessary, and you right. still decided, nah, you know, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna see this to the end. Right. All because you had to do five years for a fucking car, two to five years for a stolen car. Yo. Nigga, take your two to five, dog. Like, and I and unfortunate the unfortunate piece is there's a lot of people out here who yeah. will not take their two to five if given a deal like that. And that's the scary part. Yeah. Yo, Will, you know what I mean? Now, granted, I'm not mad at him being like, okay, in the beginning, right? Like, right. the whole how they recruited him. And this is based off the movie, and you should know the history. So we're not really spoiling Definitely nothing. should know the history, movie. guys. Yeah, please make sure you guys, after after we talk about this on the show, do your research on the Black Panther um, organization as a whole. I could, at the end of the show, I'll recommend books. I So many books I have here. I, so y'all could really get into it. Continue but being book. recruited, right, in the beginning, I'm not 100% mad at that because they basically telling you, yo, we'll, we'll wipe your joint. And all we need you to do is get close to homie. Cool. Mm. Once they started asking you to do malicious shit, yo, man, just put me in jail. If if this is what we if this is what we doing, just put me in jail, my nigga. Like, give me the two. Give me the two to five. Like, I want right. my lawyer. You know what I'm saying? If he was smart, he would have been taking the money from the FBI and he would have got himself a good lawyer. Right. But like you said, there had to be something deep rooted within him oh, to yeah, say, of I'm going to actually and then the original uh documentary that he was in called all eyes uh, eyes on the prize too where mm-hmm. they asked him how he felt about what he did right. originally homie said they said how would you feel when you have to explain this like to your son how would you explain it and right. then 
he said history will basically tell my story. And then when Eyes on the Prize 2 aired is the day he committed suicide. So I guess history Correct. did tell your story. History did tell it because he knew he knew what he was going to do, bro. And at that point, he's old. Yeah. Old. And, yeah, and at that he, point, he's I, old. He had to have known he was a shitty person, too. Yeah, yeah he was a shitty person. He, hit. Yeah, he, you know what I mean? He, he did something that a lot of people that... I can't even say unfortunately because God God knew what he was doing when, when God made everybody. Fortunately, this person ended up being black and, you know, being, quote unquote, a person of color. But all they saw, you know, when it was time to devise this plan to kill Fred Hampton in the wee hours of the motherfucking morning in his sleep, the same way these motherfuckers killed Breonna Taylor. Listen, man, yo, the shit runs deep, guys. Yo, the shit really runs deep, y'all. All he saw in that moment was, I got to look out for me. Yep. I got to get mine. And that's how most niggas in the street, that's how they think. Yo, I got to get me, bro. Wait, you trying to buy that loaf of bread now? Fuck, bro, I got to get that shit, nigga. I don't give a fuck if you... It's crazy. It's, it's killed or be killed and it's killed... Even when you know you could actually protect. That's the mm. other part. Like you know you could protect this man. Oh, you know you could protect your brother. You could have easily been like, yo, the FBI trying to infiltrate, but you was just on some now. Nah, I'm trying to get mine. Yeah. I'm trying to get mine. I'm trying to get mine. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Especially, I mean, in the movie they depicted as him having a little bit of a morality complex when the FBI asked him to drug Fred Hampton mm -hmm. before the night of the raid. And right. he does it. Um, and he has a moral complex. He has a moral uh, battle with himself before he, he goes through with drugging him. But right. even in that, if that was the case, that night was the night to say, yo, I've been a rat. And, you know, what I mean, I'm going to leave out of here, but I need you to know that they're coming tonight and they're trying to take you out. You know, what right. I mean, if you want to hate me for the rest of your life, hate me. But I'll leave here. You'll never see me again. And the FBI right. is, is, is on their way. Right? I don't know, man. I'm built a little different. I, I'm also not him, so I can't really speak for what Bill's motivations were. It's just kind of mm -hmm. sad. Like, that movie definitely made me upset. But it um, made me also think about... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, bro. I was going to say, you do know that um, Lakeith Stanfield checked himself into therapy. Because of that movie? Because of the role. Yeah, bro. It's crazy. There's a whole YouTube clip. Yeah, you got to see. Basically, again, so this happens to my fellow thespians, my fellow actors and actresses, and whatever you categorize yourself as, you know, you might categorize yourself as a playing person or a character that's playing, and I don't know the new terms these days with actors, but if you become somebody else on, on script and or um, on stage, Sometimes you can get really deep in these characters where you might need additional help. Remember, um, I forgot his name, the gentleman who played Jon Snow in Lord of the Rings. He checked himself into therapy as well. Mm. You mean and, um, you not not Lord of the Rings? You mean Game of Thrones? I mean, there we go. I'm I'm getting fucking shows fucked up. Yeah, Game Game of Thrones. Um, because you get so deep in these characters, 
you feel like you're this character. And that's how I felt years ago in 2010. I I played um, Emmett Till in, in a play called Money. And Money mm. is a town in Mississippi. And the last night of the play, I was going through a lot of emotional stuff. And something in me was telling me that Emmett was trying to reach me. This is how I felt, guys. Don't think I'm crazy. Emmett was trying to reach me from the other side and was telling me, Malek, this is not right. This is wrong. And then mm. years later, Carolyn Bryant says he never whistled at me. He never did any of that. Mm. Years later, Emmett was trying to tell me this shit in 2010. So, yeah, man, it's like it, it, it gets deep. You know what I mean? Um, when Denzel is shooting movies, Denzel does not want you to call him by his first name. He wants you to call him by the name of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, Meryl Streep has a certain way that she also gets into her roles as well some people don't even like you to be in their trailer they want to be with themselves but not with themselves they want to be with the character mm. so you know what I mean prayers up for Lakeith Stanfield mental health um, and I hope you know it gets restored as soon as possible so you know you can keep doing what you love because it's hard to detach yourself from a character especially like that that is so toxic not just to the film because he has to be toxic for the film toxic to the race that's of a fact. black culture that's some shit so my question is do you feel like the fight back approach that the Black Panthers took was the right approach of course the fuck hands down well politically do you think that they were able to to get to the goals that they desired or no, because no. they were fighting back you know what i mean it no, only I, made them a target i think politically no i think in other ways like community um you know what i mean like really being out there for the people you know on the community watch you know even them you know as far as Fucking getting them guns, you know. They was one of the few at the time organizations that was so organized, so militant, you know what I mean? But yet, very, very, very disciplined. Uh, however, you know, COINTEL is real, as you guys know. Um, you know, infiltration is real, as you guys know. And it don't take much for somebody, quote unquote, that look like you, talk like you, dress like you, act like you, come from your community, smile with you, crack a joke with you, go to the same places, you know, like the same things, appearing that way. To get the, you know, to to fucking get the drop on you. And unfortunately, that's what happened to, you know, Fred Hampton and so many of our leaders, you know. Um, the the entire uh, UEP, uh, I mean, the, the entire Black Panther Party situation with people like Bobby Seale and UEP Newton and, you know, so many other names that we don't know of and so many other stories. Right now, fucking, um, um, he wasn't a part of the, the, the Black Panthers, but... Um, Mumia Shakur right now, um, for those, for my revolutionary people who know, uh, he is right now fighting for his life. Um, he has COVID and they said he has severe symptoms. Wow. And he's in a jail cell. So I got the email from, you know, an African organization that I'm a part of. And I just seen this shit and I was just like, all right, we're about to go send some bread and try to make some phone calls because uh, it's not looking good. But more of the story is, I think politically, no, they didn't get to a lot of the goals that I think they could have got because they, you know, it was a lot of uh, pushback and fight back. However, I also feel like this. I mean, we talked about it on last week's episode when we were talking about my situation with my job. Listen, you got to stand on what the fuck you stand on 
And that's it. Everybody in this world has to choose a side and pick a stance. Whether it's right, wrong, and different, good, bad, yellow, white, fucking red pill, blue pill. That's, that's, that's just how it is, man. Listen, Jesus picked a side. And Jesus was crucified on a fucking cross. Okay? Uh, Mahat Gandhi chose a side and starved for years. For years. So, you know what I mean? Patrice Lumumba was betrayed by the fucking UN in the Congo. It's, you you got to pick a side. Mega Evers was killed in front of his driveway. Malcolm X was killed in front of his kids. And Dr. King was killed on a fucking balcony. I'm just saying, bro, you got to pick a side. Like, you like you could be tight about it. You could be like, they, they could have did it this way. Yo, Harriet Tubman said, shit, she could have freed more slaves, big bro, had they known they were slaves. Yeah, and I think that that's, <laughs> that's part of the conversation is, I think, I think what, they symbolized was needed in terms of finally letting America know that we're not going to just sit around and let y'all continue to just do what y'all are doing and not fight back. For centuries, we tried to go through your fake political systems to get (laughs) right. And at each and every turn, you try to find different ways to deny those rights Mm-hmm. Where it is plain as as day, and so that is going to tell us at some point this shit is all fugazi, and it kind of brings me back to the riot situation because that is the most modern time kind of in our face moment where it's like this shit is all fugazi, like y'all laws, y'all systems, y'all politics only apply when you want them to apply you have a president who for four years did all types of weird shit that technically any other president if they would have did it would have been a huge scandal they probably would have been asked to to resign or whatever the case is but y'all allow this one to say because of what he represents and what he represents is the final flares the final ambers of white supremacy this Mm. country is trying its best, maybe not its best, but it's trying to move <laughs> away from the reins of white supremacy. And in doing so, there's a large pushback happening. Now, the thing is, you could revive that beast again. Black people don't want that. Like, black people don't want to fight and kill and maim other people. But If the Civil War teaches you anything, if the Black Panthers teach you anything, any of these Mm -hmm. organizations teach you anything, or any of these times teach you anything, is that push come to shove, black people will pick up arms. And that's just the reality of the situation. And that's just the mentality that a lot of people are starting to, to, to have. And... You know, I wasn't entertaining and I still don't fully entertain this idea of a imminent civil war happening. But what I will say is 
if you're listening to the media a lot more carefully these days, you're starting to hear them talk about civil war. They're saying it in in terms right now of the GOP, the you know the Republican Party, conservatives are engaged in a quote unquote civil war. But a lot of times, the media makes buzzwords, and those buzzwords kind of carry over. And I did hear some media outlets talk about, oh, the Capitol was an attempt to create civil war and things of that nature. And I don't fully feel like that's a coincidence. But I, again, I also do not, I'm not fully entertaining this idea that a, a civil war is imminent um, and is bound to happen and is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily subscribe to that, but I will right. say that that tensions politically are very high, even though they have simmered down some. Like what happens in two years at the midterms is going to be tremendously impactful. So we have to keep mm-hmm. our eye on the prize. Uh, let's talk about this my son shit. So I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play what my son was Yo. saying. <laughs> Wow. And so for those who don't know, apparently my son and Wack 100 got into a little bit of a issue over the weekend. But yeah, it uh, looked like me... it was over some stupid shit too. Honest to God, bro. Yeah, let's play it. Like I, I I'm just trying to find out. Like I'm I'm just so I'm just so taken back by this. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm so taken back by the shit that goes on here that I, I don't even I can't even tell you what's going on. Like, I, I cannot even explain to you what, what, what the mindset of a nigga that will go after I spoke to you two days ago. You told me to come to your studio. You got video directors for me. Yo, you family. Yo, whatever you need, I got you. But you go on Instagram and call me a fake Martin Luther King and ask me about George Floyd. This nigga talking about the like this. Whoa, I, I and, I, and I guess this shit is for up. attention. You know what I'm saying? Because niggas don't have no problem with you. I got the What's going on, King? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know what I'm saying? They don't have no problem with you because when you speak, they're like, nah, I ain't got no problem with you. It's not no personal. But you say disrespectful shit, and then you act like mm. you're cool, and then you go on Instagram and say, I just don't, I never moved like this before. You know what I'm saying? I never, I never been this kind of nigga. So I'm so confused at it when other niggas do it that I don't even know, I don't even know how to come at it. Because I never moved like this. I never been this type of nigga. I don't. If I don't fuck with you, I just don't fuck with you. I don't act like I fuck with you and then go to Instagram to try to say greasy shit about you. That's just not how I move. You know, right now the cops, they're still waiting for the cops to go to trial. You know, those cops have been... He starts to go into the George Floyd situation, but the overall point is niggas is getting disrespectful on Instagram for clout, it seems like, but will hit your jack and act like everything is cool when you speak to them. Have you ever dealt with something like that? Bro, nigga, I was about to say, nigga, we know a few niggas right now that have done stupid shit like that, bro. Clean, bro, like... I almost I rem- looked up and said two fucking names, bro. When during our, shit, bro. during our heavy, heavy music days, that was a big thing. So it's, it's a little surprising that my son has never dealt with that to some extent because i right. feel like I'm that's surprised rampant. of all people like him like bro you out there in the public a day with this black lives matter shit bro and and when niggas get jealous of you they like to talk about you one way when you're not around 
and then like to to cozy up with you when they think that you moving and shaking and popping. I mean, I guess it's a little bit more prevalent that niggas will go online and say some goofy shit. But back like when we was really on the on the music scene going heavy. Heavy. There you was know, a lot of 2012, 2013, 2014, yeah. Yeah, a lot of niggas smiling in your face. And then you hear some rumor shit about you after that these niggas didn't say it. Oh, there's yeah, a rumor yeah, yeah. that you do X, Y, and Z. Nigga, what? I ain't do that. Like, what are you talking Yo, about? Yo, there's a oh, rumor, that, there's that. rumor that you and X is gay. Huh? What? All right, bro. Yeah, um, I just, I just, yeah, it's, it's, it's always been a, it's, it's a, always been that type of scenario where people will smile in your face and then come up with some shit when you're not around. So it is a little surprising that this is like the first time that he's kind of dealing with it. I do think it's a lot more interesting, though, because obviously Wack went on his Instagram afterwards and then said whatever, because you're now publicly kind of causing a beef between me and you when just a couple of days ago you were acting like things was all good. Why am I being called a fake Martin Luther King? To me, that tells me you're hating at the progress yeah. that I'm making in this lane. Yeah, yeah. I remember I remember years ago, I had broke up with this girl when I was in high school, and <laughs> she had called me. She's like, you fucking fake Malcolm X, nigga. And I don't know why. Like, that shit never left me. And as I've gotten older and done all the things I've done, I've just come to realize I'm kind of like a, nah, he's he's actually a bad example. I was about to use T.I. I think it's a bad example right now. But, um, <laughs> pray for that nigga. Good Lord. Uh, I'm kind of like, I'm going to do my community activism shit. I'm going to, you know, do the soup kitchen. I'm going to, you know, help clean up the park do some poetry for the kids, but yeah, you still might find me in the strip club. You know, like you, you still might find me taking shots. You know, you still might find me, you know what I mean? And you know what I mean? A, a telly, you know what I mean? Putting on a motherfucking show. X know the show I'm talking about. Yeah, the moral of the story is, man, you, you might find me doing extracurricular activities Um, because there's, there's an, a, you know, in the words of my great friend and Jambi, there's an acquired taste that I have for the things that I do. And it doesn't mean I'm going to do the things that matter to me less like community activism. No, but then still, when it comes time to have fun and wild out and do like other adult extracurricular activities, I'm going to do that. Now, my son is letting you know right now he's about his community shit. But he about the street shit too. Like he basically is letting you know that. But he don't want to go down that route. He don't want to. He don't want to be about that life. And I think whack indirect. Well, no, I can't even say indirectly. Directly is trying to get at him. Like he kind of want the smoke. And I think deep down inside, from the comments that I read under what my son had wrote, nobody wants my son to let this thing get him out of character because the, the most of the comments I saw was. This nigga's name is Whack. That should tell you enough. I was like, yo, the comment, yo, the comment section be gross to niggas all see, fucking the thing, day, boy. The thing is, West Coast niggas know how New York niggas move, so it's right. kind of like you, you know that my son not gonna do all that talking online. 
Like, no. He's going to try and meet up with you, and he's going to try and figure out if there's a problem in person. And if you're not really about that, you're either going to be labeled something that you not want to be, not going to want to be labeled, or right. it's going to go down. So I don't really know. I don't know if maybe maybe people got my son's name messed up in these streets. Maybe the the West Coast don't really know who he is, so they trying to test him. I don't know why you would want to test somebody who's doing something positive for the community, though. That's the part Yo, that I'm really and, and, and to me, that's the part that always gets me. It's like, bro, how are you hating on somebody that's a part of the help? If anything, bro, you should right. be helping me. You should help me. Yeah, why do I have to be a, a fake Martin Luther King nigga? Like, that's why I said. To me, that's just, that's just hate. <laughs> you are mad at the position that I am in and the correct what I have done with my platform. I have a podcast with Tamika Mallory. I'm out here right. in these streets. I didn't went to jail. People know me for X, Y, and Z. And you're upset uh-huh. about that. You're upset that you're not in my position. But you can do the work too. You can set all these West Coast niggas up and tell them to stop, you know what I mean, doing what they're doing in some of these hoods and killing some of these kids right. and killing some of these women and killing some of these men out in the street, cold blood, no reason. So if you, instead of calling me a fake Malcolm X nigga or a fake Martin Luther King nigga, go do your part. You know what I mean? If you think you could do it better than me, if you think I'm not doing certain things right, which is why you calling me what you calling me, go do it right. better, my nigga. And that's that. You know what I mean? Niggas Facts. were just celebrating whack not too long ago for fighting off some white supremacists, but niggas, right, it's, right, it's right. such an up and down with these celebrity niggas, man. Right. Whack and my son, I really hope y'all brothers come together and have a conversation and talk about it. I really hope this doesn't end in bloodshed. We don't need none of that. We need brothers to come together. Yeah, and, and all that fucking... Both y'all niggas, and it's not my son, I don't want to put you in it, but both y'all niggas too old for this this uh, social media Big shit. facts. Big facts, bro. Y'all niggas in y'all 40s, bro. Get it the fuck together. Whack older than that, so. <laughs> right. But facts, Meek facts. Mill, are they trying to make Meek Mill the bad guy, bro? I think it's you know, another one of your Torian brothers, is it not? Yeah, yeah. Meek <laughs> Mill birth. I think I think I think Meek Mill and Malcolm X got the same birthday, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's on the ninth. Yeah. L- listen, man, or the 18, one of them days. Anyways, Meek Mill be putting himself in these predicaments sometimes, man. Like he he really he's a hothead. And sometimes as Torians, we be very flippant at the mouth and we say some shit that we know deep down inside we done said and we can't take it back and for me personally me personally if i done said some shit that i can't take it back and i'm low-key embarrassed my pride is gonna tell me to stand on it no matter what take all the heat take all the smoke and then after a while kind of go into into your little cocoon and then figure it out right this second i'm not meek mill he's in a public eye so he's not gonna have no chance to go in his fucking cocoon Niggas on and popping on the internet and possibly on the street if it even gets to that level. Because a lot of things have been coming out that man's mouth, and I'm just like, I don't know why. I thought I thought he was in good. I thought he was in a good space, but I don't I don't know if he's in a good space. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard when we when we're dealing with these celebrities from an outside perspective. Like, I do right. feel like we got a very mature Meek when he first got out of jail. Yes, I, yes, that album Champion. Was fire, yeah. fire, like, bro. What he was doing, the the path that he was on was very, was very admirable, 
And then, you know what I mean? Like, he still, I still was rocking with him. Then he said a couple of things that a couple of people didn't like because they felt like he was glorifying street life. And that was a contradiction mm-hmm. to him being Meek Mandela, as they like to call him. Um, right, right. I don't know why they're getting, <laughs> right. giving niggas all these I don't names, know why man. niggas calling that nigga <laughs> Meek Mandela, but okay, nigga, but, nigga, so, whatever. So they started coming at him because he was saying glorifying street shit to some extent. And then he got into a little altercation with 6 9 which clearly was 6 9 influenced, yeah. and we'll get to that nigga yeah. in a second. And yeah. then I hear niggas talking about, oh, well, Meek should have handled him. Nigga, what? Y'all was just coming at this nigga last month or two months ago. They had about 60 clubhouse rooms about how Meek Mill should have... Uh, was was it was glorifying the streets. So right. now when he doesn't glorify the streets and he doesn't do something street, which would have been uh wild out on, on homie in a parking lot, now he's all yeah. types of names. I'm like, yo, y'all gotta pick one with this nigga. But definitely then, gotta pick one. Then the nigga says the Vanessa Bryant, I mean the Kobe Bryant joint, and Vanessa Bryant has to check him. And I'm like, at this point, like you said, brother, I feel like you're doing some of these things to yourself. I, yeah, yeah, of course. I I understand that people say it's hip hop, you know <laughs> what I mean. So, hip hop often has flagrant lines, but even so, you are also a thirty-something-year-old grown man, and right. you determine the bars that you want. I was just to about say. to say, yo, y'all too grown to be talking about it's just bars. No, nigga, you know the impact of the bar, and we got to talk about that on probably like another podcast episode, like rappers. Nah, it's, it was just a song. Nigga, nigga, you knew what the fuck was going to happen when you wrote that line and then you said it and then the record got produced and the whole world heard it. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah. You recorded that line a couple times. That's one. You listened Facts. back to it a couple times. You asked for the for the engineer to put some EQ and some reverb, uh-huh. and some compression on mm-hmm. your voice. And then you shipped it out to little baby. <laughs> and 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 ask for his approval. So you knew Yo. what you were doing with that line, and you know that Kobe just passed. So he just it's not bro, a it's, it's hasn't not a even line been five really years, on. bro. Fuck, hasn't been a it barely touched a year. Oh, you, you see, putting you out see that line? It, it, it's barely been a year, and you putting that line out. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Like I get it. There are a lot of flagrant bars, especially when niggas start battle rapping. We all know right. that 40 caught a straight bullet when uh, when Pusha T decided he wanted to go at Drake. But <laughs> there's a thin line between, you know what I mean, all of this shit. Mm-hmm. And you just have to, you have to read the room, as people love to say nowadays. Have to read yeah. the room. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, these niggas don't read books, but they want you to read a room. All right, cool. Well, speaking of a nigga who probably doesn't read books, <laughs> six nine. Yo, I, I said this before, and I was I history just keeps continues to prove me right. This man is desperately, desperately trying to hold on to some form of attention. Yeah, and relevancy. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's it's sad now. It's sad now. It is. It's he's going outside. He's going outside. Mm. So my question is, what do you think is going to happen to him? What is his fate? I don't think music 
well, obviously, music will never hit the same for him anymore. Um, in terms of streams, sales, revel, whatever, it, that's not that's never gonna hit the same anymore. And I also think the people that are, I guess, fully understanding, because there was probably a lot of people before did not know nothing about like street codes and ethics and like what you do and what you, you know, not supposed to do in terms of like snitching. And for the record, I distinguish the God on dad has some bow ties am not glorifying gangster life, gangster rap music or killing people or uh, people snitching or not snitching. However, there is a code of conduct. Please turn to the chapter of Little Kim verse, I didn't say nothing. Please turn to the chapter of um, any big OG in, in hip-hop that you know, um, or people that have taken the name, that, that have taken the rap for people in hip-hop, <clears throat> i.e. Um, Emery Jones, who took that rap for Jay-Z. You know what I mean? Certain shit you just don't do. And certain shit, I mean, a clear fucking example, fucking Bobby Shmurda, who just came out. Some people get it. Some people don't. I was reading comments, you know, he was never gang. That little boy, Daniel, was never affiliated. Um, just like how, you know, the uh, the woo was not really gang. It's just like a, a, a sub part of, you know, what it means to be crip. And I'm just like, I hear y'all. But some people know what they actually signing up for. And deep down inside, you knew the consequences of your actions before you started doing the actions. And, yeah, I think a lot of people try to, like, make some form of cover for 6 9 nah. But <laughs> if you listen to the podcast by uh, Angie Martinez, infamous, the Takashi 6 9 story. Yeah. They go into depth. There's a, I think, a Showtime documentary on Six Nine, yeah, um, called the uh, the uh, the the Daniel the Daniel Hernandez saga of Six Nine. Yeah. So, you realize that the boy knew what he was doing and what he signed up for. Yeah. It's just that when everything was all good, everything was all good. When everything went bad, that's when he switched up on cats, and so right. that truly is the definition of of a, a jailhouse snitch right like if that's if, it. if you do the crime with somebody and to avoid your jail time you tell on that somebody there's really no honor in that you were part of the crime and when you took when you did the crime you knew that you were facing whatever you were facing if you got caught but that's in it. order to not face whatever it is you decided to dime everybody out to make uh the case easier and and a little bit well more well thought out for the authorities and that's really that's to me the only real definition of snitching a family who who sees some crime happen in their neighborhood and they call the cops that's not a snitch to me someone who is a victim and they call the cops is not a snitch like if you see a crime happen you and you decide you want to call the authorities that's not a snitch Snitching is you have to be part of the crime. You have to be involved. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know when we got to this space where we just said, like, oh, if you say anything about any crime ever, 
you're a snitch. That's just stupid. That don't that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like that like that's obviously somebody manipulating that so that they don't get caught in some shit. But right. nah, if, if some wild shit go on in your community, nigga, let's clean the community up, my nigga. And if if we wanna not get police involved, then that means that there's a whole other type of justice that needs to happen. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean, we don't want good people going to jail for bad people. We don't want that type of justice system in which somebody goes out and fucks somebody up and now they going to jail because they fuck somebody up. Let's just, you know what I mean? Let's not get stupid with shit. And also let's not create cover for niggas that don't need cover. Like there are niggas that do certain things for clout. There are niggas that do certain things to get on. And when shit don't work out, they want to cry wolf. Nah. And unfortunately, I feel like this man ain't going to stop until he's dead. And I don't know what that's going to do for hip-hop. Because is yeah. hip-hop supposed to mourn that? Or is hip-hop supposed to be like, we tried to tell him? Because now his daughter's in danger, in danger. And he still hasn't like fully stopped. When you're putting your family in danger, bro, I don't know what type you just of don't man give you a fuck. are. Yeah, niggas can't even respect you no more, bro. Like, you're, you're, yeah. the daughter... The mother of your daughter is on IG Live talking about, please stop talking about you're going to attack my daughter. You're going to do things to my daughter over this nigga. She has nothing to do with him. And you still out here going for clout, my nigga. So you willing to get your daughter kidnapped or hurt or God forbid anything else so that you can what? Revitalize your your dead rap career that was dead the moment you decided to get on that, that stand and point niggas out, and you should have known it was over at that point. <laughs> Listen, God forbid, but six nine. If your daughter gets clapped, that's it. You're actually dead. Like, like, like you're actually dead. So, let's hope we don't get to that. Yeah, just, just stop the act, my nigga. Like it's <laughs> over. It's over. Nobody is ever going to yeah. look at you as gangster again. Why are you no, pulling yeah. up on Meek? Like, you look like a clown pulling up on Meek. You're not going to do nothing to Meek Mill. Meek Mill will wax the floor with you, bro. Clean, like, clean. There's no, there's no hype behind it, son. If I see you on camera jumping in niggas' faces, I already know you have 30 niggas surrounding you. Like, That's come it. On. Speaking about 30 niggas, it's not 30, but it's two. Doing a joint collaborative album, Anderson Pat and Bruno Mars are looking to do an album together. How do you feel about that? You know, I'm going to just be completely honest. I don't listen to enough Anderson Pack music to really give a fuck, but uh, I might listen to it just off the strength of Bruno Mars, if I'm just being honest. Because even I, I, I've been seeing I've been seeing that they've been rolling out some promo. I know that they just did a deal with Regal. I think they also did a deal with Lacrosse. I've I seen it. You know what I mean? The, the print looks nice. The photos look dope. I think I think I've been I saw or I heard don't remember which of the two something about music um in terms of like lyrics or maybe I, I heard a snippet of a song I watched so many things today on Instagram I don't really remember but I do know that they have this project coming out am I really here for it uh I could do without it but we'll see what happens who do you think is taking the lead on this project oh Bruno Mars you fucking first of all Bruno Mars is the more is the more senior artists that let's get that straight number two bruno mars is probably going to be the reason why the project even does well on a crossover level i don't know anderson pack music so i'm just speaking off of how i feel about bruno and bruno's music bruno bruno has crossover music bruno has 
records that people will be playing at their weddings. Okay, let's not let's not get it fucked up. You know what I mean? This man gave you treasure. This man gave you the 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 fucking record where he talks about uh the grave. You know what I mean? Uh, flowers. You know what I mean? So listen, we talking about Bruno motherfucking Mars. Okay, Versace on the floor. Right, yeah, I don't, I don't really know who Anderson Pack is. If I'm being completely like, and I know who he is. I know I mean, he's not gonna do that to Anderson Pack, but no, but nah. I don't know. I don't listen to enough of his music for me to be like, damn, I'm about to. This shit gonna be like Drake and Future. No, it's not. It's not giving me that vibe. This gonna be like Jay Z and Con. No, no, no. Ah, uh, nah. This is a big deal to me. This is a big deal project. Okay. Um. I definitely agree that Bruno Bruno should take the lead if he's not yeah, taking. He should take the lead. the lead in terms of um, concepts and direction. Yeah, uh, Anderson packs your listener, and a- Anderson is Anderson's voice is not as unique or strong as Bruno Mars. So right, I do feel like Bruno should be taking the lead. Um, I I now musically they're both musical musically inclined and geniuses. So them coming together to create. Those sounds, those bops, like before they even put their vocals on the track, I think them tracks are going to go stupid. That okay. is where I think this album is really truly going to shine in the sense of the amount of work that's going to be going into production is going to be stupid. So um, that is what I'm looking forward to. I mean, I do agree it's not giving me the hype of a Kanye and Jay-Z or anything like that, but... um. This is a big deal musically, and I think this album is going to sound phenomenal for, for, okay. for sure. It would be very hard for it to fuck up. Speaking of fuck-ups, we spoke about Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan. We spoke about um, – so now let's speak about JT and Little Uzi. We got Jordan Woods and Carl Anthony Towns, and we got Meg and Partisan Fonte. Our young so- couples winning in 2021, bro. Bro, I don't know. First and foremost, let's stick with JT and Uzi. Bro, what the fuck are they, bro? Because I could have swore JT was downplaying that shit. I could have swore she was downplaying it. I could have swore. Both of them, they go on IG every other week and curse each other out, say that they not together. Then the next week they together. This week they together. So I don't know. This is what I'm learning. And this is not necessarily about JT. This is about the type of woman JT is. If JT, I do not know Uzi, guys. So whoever loves Uzi Vert to death, do not kill me. Do not kill me for this. Because I know y'all niggas love that nigga. Yeah, y'all love him. Um, I don't know how a girl raps the way she raps, dresses the way she dresses, just did a bid. Came out the bitch like nothing didn't happen. Making this brand new money. Got this deal. Got this deal. Could probably get any nigga she want. Again, I don't know Uzi Vert. Do not kill me for this. And is dating Uzi Vert. I don't know, bro. I, I'm com- Teach me. I don't know. Either Uzi got a crazy dick or Uzi is that nigga. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, Uzi got the bread. And okay, if, if we are to believe uh, a book that came out not too long ago by uh, what was Shorty's name, Brittany something, something Brittany, um, that I read, 
she dealt with him too, and you wouldn't believe that she would deal with a nigga like Uzi. So there's something about Uzi that has it that he is able to pull whatever he's trying to pull. More power to that man. I am a little shocked that a JT, like you said, the lyrics yeah, don't match up I, bro, to that it nigga. Doesn't you would, match up. You expect her to be with some six four nigga, right? With six pack upon six pack. Don't got a diamond in the middle of their forehead, and which he actually took out. Which he actually took out. We, I mean, we knew that was going to happen sooner or later. <laughs> but, um, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect her to deal with a nigga like that. You like he, he is on his rock star shit. Well, he is. I mean, no, I he's a rock this, star. This is equivalent to when Prince was pulling all the chicks that he was pulling. That is the only thing that I can, yeah, kind of yeah, okay, compare it okay. to. That is that's the a only crazy thing that comparison. Can, that's a crazy comparison. Now I'm not saying that Uzi is Prince because you know the right, niggas. Right. Are, I'm not saying that at but, all. But I'm but sure people. Yeah, I'm sure allure. people looked at five two Prince wearing pink blouses and heels and was like, "How is he pulling the bad chicks that he's pulling? Why are women Correct. throwing panties on stage when this nigga come out with a guitar?" I'm sure that's what niggas was thinking. So, with Uzi, maybe that's what it is. We looking at the nigga like, but he probably got some type of swag. And it's funny because I was talking to one of my friends earlier today, and we were talking about what it means to be aggressive. And Mm. I was telling her, because she was like, yo, niggas is in my inbox, and they get tight when they like, yo, let's link up. And I'm like, I'm not linking up with no nigga that, I met online like we not on oh, that wow. type of time. And I was like, it's because one men have very fragile egos and they don't realize that. And they don't want to take accountability for that because every time you talk about fragile or weak, men think that they don't want to be that. But the other right. half of it is men don't know what aggression really means to women. When mm. women ask a man to be aggressive, what they're asking for and I'm we we ain't million dollars worth of game, but we about to give you some game right now. Right, right, right. What women are asking you for when they ask you to be aggressive, fellas, is for you to be direct. Yeah. And for you to have confidence. Yeah. That is what they're asking for. Heavy for on to, direct and heavy on confidence. For you to not pussyfoot around and, and pussyfoot as in cats. <laughs> right, but for you to right. not pussyfoot around the 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 idea of whatever it is that you're trying to present to them, for you to not seem like you don't actually know if you want to ask or if you do want to ask versus like that is what they mean by be aggressive. Be aggressive with your approach is be confident, be direct. Let it mm-hmm. let it be known what it is that you want out of the situation so that they can definitively tell you yes or no. That's and it. then move it forward. They don't mean be aggressive in terms of trying to advance the situation physically or in any other realm that you perceive it needs to go without them also co-signing that it needs to go there. So if you think that you want to fuck her, but she don't think she wants to fuck you, and you keep trying to put her in positions where it's evident that you are trying to fuck, you are going to continue to get dubbed. Because that is not being aggressive. That is being weird. 
you got to confirm these things. And I think that's where a lot of niggas go wrong is they don't confirm what the energy is, what the vibe is. They just go off of what they think the energy is. You got to confirm it with the young lady, too. Hence why me personally and a lot of fellas won't probably never take my approach. I'm just very direct these days with what I want. And I do it in a way where, especially if I know deep down inside, I do not want to actually take you out on a date. I'll gauge the energy online if I'm, if I actually have met you or like seen you online. But if I like know of you, I'm just going to ask maybe one or two, maybe three questions for me to know if I should actually let you in on quote unquote, the secret, the secret about how I feel about you. Now, if I don't want to be that direct, I'm purposely shit. I'm doing it right now. In some instances, I'm purposely just going to be friend zoned. I'm going to put myself in the friend category. I'm going to put myself in there. And then anytime this, this going to sound crazy, but like X said, listen, we're not experts at the game that we're going to give, but we're going to give some game. Okay. 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 Fella take no. Okay. I'm going to listen to how bad your day was. I'm going to ask you how your mom is. Cause I know she's sick. I'm going to ask you how long does it take for you to get from your home to your job and then back from your job to your home. I'm going to ask you maybe about your child life and where you was from. I'm going to keep a catalog of who the fuck I'm talking to just in case it gets to another level and I'm prepared to say whether or not I want to take it there or not. Especially if it's a situation where you tell me, yeah, my situation right now is complicated. That's a 50-50 for a nigga like me because on one end, I'm going to listen to you. You're going to be venting, probably talking to me about that nigga and the complications. And then on the other end, I'm a fucking release. I'm a good time. We go out. We we chat. We date. I'm a stress reliever for the moment. We got to know how to play our positions if we're not going to be direct to. Yeah, and I think for the dudes that maybe find it hard to be direct, there's a simple solution to that, and, and that is just in certain realms, just let the woman lead. That's right? it. Like the fir- my a friend of mine who was my best friend in high school, he said this to me and it always stuck with me. And it's always been how I operated moving forward. And it's the woman always makes the first physical move. Let the woman be the one to make the first physical move. You don't need to rush it. You don't need to put yourself in an awkward position, especially in 2021. Oh, where sure. yeah. You do something and now you ruined the friendship or now you ruined whatever you were building or now you might have skeeved shorty out or now you might have made her feel very defensive and now she's looking at you in a certain light that maybe you didn't intend but that's how she felt and so to avoid all of those things it's very simple one read the energy a lot of people are not reading energy out here a lot of people are going off of what they fantasize they want to happen they think this woman is supposed to be into them. So by the end of the night, they have already concluded that they're going to try and go in for the kiss and Shorty is going to like it and she's going to want it and everybody's going to be happy at the end of the day. Then they go and do it and Shorty denies the advance. What are you doing? 
and now you feel stupid. Now you feel embarrassed, right. and now you cursing shorty out like a fucking cornball because your little ego got hurt because you weren't reading the energy and you were just trying to force the situation just to say that you conquered X, Y, and Z. And mm-hmm. that really be the reality of some of these niggas' thought processes and it's really nasty and fucked up. But right. a lot of niggas think like that. It's the reality of the situation. Like a lot of niggas will sit there and they've already concluded for the night, yeah, this is going to go down. And they going to try and make a move and it don't work out the way they want to. But... Just let the woman lead in that scenario if you, you're bad at reading the room, if you can't be direct. You know right. what I mean? If you're not directing, you're like, yo, you know, I'm really feeling you. And you know what I mean? Um, let's have a little nightcap. If you're not one of them type of niggas, and I'm not saying you have to be. I'm not one of them type of niggas. That I'm, is, I'm, 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 I'm one of those type of niggas. We know. Distinguish is one of those type of niggas. I'm not <laughs> one of those type of niggas unless I'm already absolutely 100% sure. I'm going to just ask you straight up. That the energy is in the room. You've been throwing me signals all day. Then I'm like, yo, what you trying to do for the night? Like, but that is not my go-to. I am going to let you <laughs> lead the way. I am going to let you have the overwhelming pressure and energy that you now bring up you want something physical to happen because that's just how i am right now like that again if if it's overwhelming i might be like oh yeah nah this is too much what you trying to do other than that i'm like you know what i mean you could lead the way in 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 that capacity but what a fucking episode boy (laughs) yeah we going in let's let's go going in in tonight Let's call in one of our black queens that have been yes. part of the podcast for a while. Let's see if we can get them on the line. They do not know we are calling. Right. Facts. This is fun. Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. That was nasty. <laughs> we go to the back. Boogies out sometimes, you know. Terrible. Horrible. Hello, Miss Kelly. You are on dad hats and bow ties, so we are we are calling uh, one to give you your flowers for Women's History Month and being one of the black queens that comes on and elevates the show each and every time that you come on. So let's give you a little bit of a round of applause again, celebrating our black queen, oh Kelly with the fatty nigga, Kelly with the fatty boy. Oh I'm weak. Kelly, how are you doing? Why is that still my nickname after all these years? For real, I'm doing well. You guys actually called me when all of us back home. Oh, excellent! We got you at the right time. Yeah, we did this as a surprise. So I think every episode. This month, we're going to highlight uh, some black women in our lives that have done amazing things. So I do have a question for you. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. <laughs> so let me just yeah. pull this up really quick. Have okay, you? Are you familiar see. with the term negging? Yes, I am familiar with the term negging. Can you, can you break that down for us, brothers? Um, well, uh, God. It's been so long. I've been so out the game. Right? So we so have it. it we okay. have it here okay. as it being when someone you're dating, right? Okay. Essentially, yeah. they believe that they're outside right. of your, you're outside of their league, and so yeah. 
part of the dating experience is them trying to break you down. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever experienced anything like that? No, I actually haven't. The craziest part about it is, so a lot of the men that I have dealt with, I feel like I've been very insecure. Mm. So, and I've been told a lot of times that I've been intimidating as well. So I haven't personally experienced that. Um, but I know it's rough. I know it's rough out here in the streets. Um, but no, personally, no, not me. And I hope not ever. Okay, because yeah, yeah they're, they're, this negging thing is specifically it seems to be geared towards women that women that it happens to let me read there's a post actually that uh where apparently this happened let me see if i can pull that up kelly really quick while x pulls up the post why Mm -hmm. do you get intimidating why do you get that um well i've been told it has nothing to do with how i look and how i present myself it has a lot to do with my tone and I guess the way that I speak to people, mm. which I'm not the mother. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to speak to you like you're an adult and like we're equals. So sometimes I guess people feel like I come off a little harsh. And when I okay. speak, but that's just me speaking. Like I'm, like I'm speaking right now. This is how I speak. But I don't know. I guess they want the ooh baby, ooh baby. And it's like, hey, listen. That I'm ain't in my it. 30s. I'm in my 30s. It so, was cute in high school, and, like, it's cute when you first start, and then, like, y'all all over each other, and I, I, I but it's like, hey, stop, Bill. Um, <laughs> I'm not about to ooh, baby, you and rent and You know what I'm saying? So, right. Yeah, at some point, we need to be adults. So, here's the post. It says, I think some men be jealous of the girls that they're attracted to and obsessed with trying to make them feel small, and I don't yeah. know the science behind it, but there's science uh-huh. there. And then another woman replied and said, yeah, negging. It's a popular term for this. When you know someone's out of your league, so you consistently put them down through criticism and backhanded compliments because once they're vulnerable enough and their self-esteem is low enough, they might give you a shot. Damn. Right. Yeah, that's never, no, no. Because first of all, I know what I have, and I know I'm not ugly. So you're not about to tell me nothing that's going to go against what I believe. So right. already we're not meshing. So this is not going to work. But Yeah, you got to get the like, fuck up out of here. Why would I even go past? Yeah, why would I even go past that backhanded stuff and that petty stuff and whatever? Listen, enough. You know what I'm saying? We're not in the schoolyard no more and you have to pull my hair to say you like me. Like, grow up. And say it with your chest. And if you do have your insecurities and your problems and stuff like that, then let's talk about that and figure it out. Because what you might not like about yourself, I may think is adorable. It may be the very reason why I wanted to talk to you. So I don't have time mm. for the mind games and all that stuff or whatever. And you can smell that shit from a mile away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and it's annoying. It really is gross. It's like, ugh. You know what I mean? Like, who wants that? Be secure in yourself. And if I'm speaking to you, then obviously I feel like, yeah, you're in my league because I want you. What? What, what is this? Knocking me down? A, come on. Ew. So before we let you go, um, I know Distinguished, I'm sure, has some things that... He wants to give you flowers for before that. I have one more question. We okay. were talking about what it means to be direct. And we we said that a lot of men get it wrong, or rather what it means to be aggressive. And mm-hmm. we say that a lot of men get it wrong because they interpret being aggressive to mean that you have to, as a man, be the one responsible for elevating situations from one place to the next all the time. Meaning, like if... 
you and Shorty are chilling in the car and a nigga thinks that being aggressive means that he has to now make a move on Shorty instead of it just being a conversation in the car. And what we're saying, what we said was the the thing that they're getting it mixed up with is aggressive. A lot of women, when they say that, what they mean is that they want you to be confident and they want you to be direct. Not necessarily that they want you to always be trying to aggressively advance a situation from one space to a next. Maybe friend to lover, lover to having sex, et cetera, et cetera. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's really just that there's a certain sex appeal that comes with knowing what you want mm. and not beating around the bush about it. Like, yeah, if, like I said, again, for me, if we go on a date and you feel the vibes and everything like that, and you let me know straight up, like, you're really, really feeling me, and you're just trying to feel it out, I'd much rather you bring that to the table and actually say what's on your mind as opposed to, like, just trying to read body language and, again, just really going off the body. So I'd rather certainty. There's a certain sexiness to that. So, yeah, that type of aggressiveness, I'm all for that. And I feel like, yeah, more men need to be doing that instead of playing the games and then that comes with the whole stringing along stuff and everything and then people's feelings get... No, I'm I the directness and just saying how you feel. So you don't waste the right time. Mm. Do you got anything for Kelly before we let her go? L- Listen, man, I just want to say I hope that in 2021, Kelly, that we have an amazing motherfucking photo shoot because I'm ready, huh? Nigga ready over here. Okay. Um, and yes, we got to put that together for sure. Facts. And also, too, just, you know, I'm proud of you and, you know, how far we've come and, um, you know, we're building and, you know, I, I hope that we continue to build. Um, I feel like over the last two years, our friendship has, you know, uh, gotten a bit closer and we kind of uh, we kind of healed up a rough patch that we may have went through um, way back when when we was doing that amazing show that did bring all of us together and so many other artistic yeah. souls together. Um, so yeah. we're here now, like you said, we're in our 30s. And yeah, man, Mark. much success to you, Queen. And, you know, I'm always here if you ever need me, especially for the shits and giggles, because, you know, I'm about the shits and giggles. Um, but yeah, oh, um course. You know, happy Women's History Month. And uh, yeah, man, Distinguished loves you. Thank you. This was such a pleasant surprise, guys. I was literally like just waiting to get in the house so I could smoke and go to bed because it's been a rough oh, day. Oh, shit. Hey. And this is a nice little surprise. See? I love this. See? It's awesome. Well, Kelly, oh, goodness. we love yes. you. And love you guys too. We will talk to you Enjoy soon. Enjoy the rest of the show. I'm always Alrighty. listening. And I'm so proud of you guys. All right. Take it easy. Bye. All right. Later. Cool. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Kelly, uh, hey. uh, one of our women correspondents who comes on the show facts, very facts, often. And turns up. <laughs> turns yeah, up. Yeah, you know, pandemic real. has made it an all-men's affair for a long time, but, yeah. you know, we got some pieces of equipment that allow us to uh, bring in some extra voices when we need it. So um, definitely for Women's History Month, we wanted to do that. Um do we want to call somebody else in now, or we want to just just get through it? No, nah, yeah, just get through it. You know what I mean? Get through shit. Yeah, we'll, did, did, we'll, did. We we already like an hour and a half in. I know that. Yeah, we'll, shit. we'll call in some more women throughout the month. That's what we facts. Facts. Um, let's see about this Big Sean piece. Let me see if I can wow. find that. That and, was um, that was beautiful. Sure, that that was beautiful. Yeah, let me scroll into it a little bit because he 
he didn't really start spitting until maybe like a, a minute in or so. Yeah. Um, let's, and let's Big start. Sean, by the way, um, he he posted a brand new photo of his body. Yo, that motherfucker been working, boy. Yeah, nah, he got me. He got me on some shit like yo. I've been slacking. Shit, y'all niggas saw me working out every fucking day last year. Yo, I've been slacking in 2021. I'm not gonna hold nobody. 20, gotta, you know what I it is, bro? It. I think 2021, we're all exhausted, bro. We've oh, okay. been doing this thing for for a year, a year. And going a into year. two years now, bro. So I think a lot of us have had jumped into the routines. We were like, I was working out every single day in the house, and now I find it really hard. To get into right. a routine, you know what I'm saying? Like I changed jobs and my whole my whole life changed. Like I used to do overnights and then work out in the afternoon, and now I work in the mornings. And when I come home, if I'm not doing a podcast, I'm trying to go to sleep. I'm tired. You dr- yeah, you drained. You drained. And so I just think that 2021, where we all have to kind of refine our group right. because even the world is a little different, right? Like niggas is somewhat outside now, so it's a little <laughs> harder. Like, before it was like, nah, niggas was inside and niggas really, really wanted to be inside. Now I feel like <laughs> right. niggas is trying to figure out, is it good to go outside or not? Like, how much can I test going out? And so we're getting more active in a sense, but we haven't really fully gotten used to this 2020 energy. But I think that, I think we're all kind of struggling with the same thing. Because for, for me, it's the same. I'm having a struggle getting into a, a routine um and it's like i partly because the energy is definitely a little different from the 2020 yeah. energy like i was inside and i was like i ain't moving so i'm do everything i need to in this little fucking corner and that's right. that but now it's kind of like no oh, do i go outside do i go back to the gym do i like right. like what do i what do i do but uh maybe this conversation with big sean will help us let's let's see if we can get this cracking is acknowledging that you are blocking yourself for sure mm. you know and i do think there are some deeper blocks that you got to work harder on to remove like blocks that mm. may have not even been put there from you so you don't even acknowledging it or know how or know how to um remove it and there are special people who can do this you know that can help you get rid of it but i do feel like you're blocking yourself and you got to realize that stop blocking yourself it doesn't matter if you don't have money don't say you don't have money like, I got money. Money's coming in right now. Like, ooh, I feel, it feels good to be rich. If you keep that mentality and you're, you're not rich, I promise you, if you really believe it, which you have to believe it because you just have to. You, you know, uh, <laughs> Gotta give a better book gunshot. be whatever you want to be. <laughs> you need a better gun. Bro. to be who you want to be. Facts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I used to have a mentor. I remember he used to repeat to me the... Nigga, we don't care yeah, about you what cut you got to say. Yeah, you cut off after him. That's one of our yeah. more powerful blacks. <laughs> right. We don't need the other nigga. <laughs> right, we don't need the other guy. <laughs> Damn. We don't, we don't need him. We don't. <laughs> we need Big Sean. <laughs> but yeah, bro, how do you feel about, like, bro, how, that was how much beautiful. do you First internalize all, that? Big Sean, to me, always be dropping gems, bro. This is not nothing new to me. When Big Sean first dropped Dark Sky Paradise, which we all know, classic Big Sean album, I'm, by I, the way. I'll say that's probably his best one. Classic, bro. I mean, not just the records. The way that he, like, the way that the beats were, like, the li- I was like, yeah, he's on it. He got a he got a few tracks on there that he's not spitting. He's talking. I think one is called Love, 
One is called faith and one is called um, focus. And focus is probably one of my best Big Sean because it's basically a speech. And it kind of reminded me of the speech that, you know, XAB just played just now for you guys. This hit me in so many ways because I feel like a lot of times, bro, we be focused on the wrong things, the wrong thing. Like we be focused on the wrong. I really want that nigga Kanye to come back. We be focused on the wrong things, bro. He's not and back. he's not coming back, bro. <laughs> I, I know, I, I know, I know. But um, we 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 get so like I feel like for me, I was caught up on the wrong things. Like I was thinking about myself negatively. And then I fucking fell in love with myself again last year. I started going to therapy. I started crying to my therapist about the shit that I didn't like about myself. Like, I need help. What do I need to do? Started writing in my journal. Started writing some real reflective-ass poetry in 2020. I started taking myself out on dates that had nothing to do with the money, but everything of seeking happiness. and. You got to get to a point where you really have to talk to yourself like you're standing in front of God, as Big Sean so eloquently put it, and whatever you're saying, best believe God going to give it back to you. So if you say I'm broke, God going to be like, yeah, you're right. You, you are broke. Yeah. You got you to gotta get for real about talking about yourself in a positive light. And... I was internalizing all of my losses and all of my um, unexpected uh, breakthroughs, um, things that just fell through the cracks. And I was like, these things are, quote unquote, helping define where I'm at in life because, you know, it didn't go my way. So because it didn't go my way, I'm not going to get to where I need to get to. And it's like, no, this is a part of the journey. You know what I mean? This is a part of the struggle that you have to hold and you got to carry because when you actually do get to where you got to get to, you actually are going to be proud of what you've been through. So shout out to Big Sean for dropping the motherfucking gems. That's a fact, bro. I think that that is an important piece for us all to like really consider is when you... They, like beyond... If you want to take it out of the spirituality for those who right. may find it a little bit harder to make that connection. Mm-hmm. Psych- in psychology, they teach us to recognize positive, negative emotions and positive and negative coping. And when you cope with something negatively, you oftentimes go into bad habits. One of those bad habits is a negative thinking. That is an yeah. actual theory within the psychological realm of thought. And so when you have negative thinking that impacts your life. So if you wake up in the morning and you're like, man, I'm such a shitty person. No matter if your day is positive or not, (laughs) you're going to focus on all of the negative things that happen because that reinforces your idea that you are shitty and everything around you is shitty. And correct. The opposite end of it, right, is like when you really want a yellow car. And it's so crazy because this happened to my friend the other day. I was hanging out with my friend and she wants a particular type of car. And she put the car as a wallpaper on her phone 
And she's like, every day I wake up and I think about this car. So when I'm with her, she's sitting there and she's like, oh, look, my car just went by. Oh, look, another one. And that is exactly the same mentality in terms of manifestation. When they talk about manifestation and the secret and what Big Sean just said, that is all that is being said really and truly. When you put to the forefront, or rather whatever you put to the forefront of your mind is what you will continuously see in your life. So if you will are like, yo, I want to have the biggest podcast in the world. And so you make a, a vision board with podcast shit all over the place. And you start to podcast and dig into podcasting. What's going to happen is once you put that to the forefront, you're going to now start making moves that make you, that get you closer and closer and closer to that goal. Maybe you now go to, a podcasting conference that you weren't thinking about going to before you really made it your mission that you wanted that maybe at this this conference you bump into one of your favorite podcasters maybe y'all have a great conversation now they invite you onto the show and you're a fucking big hit now maybe they ask you to intern or if you're such a big hit now they want you to come on consistently and so boom you've gotten closer to your dream goal that's it and that's all about just manifesting what you want and keeping it to the forefront. And now opportunities is not that the opportunities just magically appear is that you start to see the opportunities that are already in front of you because you're so focused on them. Your, your focus now, when you've been passing this same spot every single day, you're now so focused on podcasting and stuff. You pop, you pass it this time and you realize that they do podcasting class classes in this building that you walk by every single day. That Correct. is what really happens with manifestation. So I think it's an important message. Um, and kudos kudos to that. We got to talk about, since we already brought up podcasting, we didn't speak about this before, but Joe Budden has started a Patreon along with the podcast that he gives away for free. Really? Yes. Yeah, so the Patreon is tiered. is a $5 $10 and $25 uh, subscription fee. Now, the question is, when do you know when to make your content paid versus keeping it free? Because there is there is a value in keeping content free. Right. But right. at some point, especially if you want to be your own entity that owns all of the rights to the podcast or to your content or to whatever. Correct. There becomes a point where you do need to get paid in some way, shape or form. And so the question of what content do you keep free or do you keep all of it free or do you not keep it free? So what is your idea when it comes to content? Because content lives outside of the realm right, slightly right. of supply and demand. Right. Because right for us, we put an episode out today for free. The supply is unlimited. As long as people go to the page and click it, it's going to be there. So there's no real limited supply there besides the amount of stuff that we can put out at one time. Now, if the demand gets higher that people want more podcasts from us, then maybe we put out more podcasts. And then that's where I would see, I would say in our our case, we would possibly make the decision that if we're putting out this amount of content, that some of the content is behind the paywall or not. But what are your thoughts on when do you keep content free versus when you need to get paid for it? 
I mean, I don't really know. Like, I feel like I would have to really dwell on this more. But off the top, me personally, as I've grown into myself in terms of, like, promoting certain stuff or putting stuff out or anything on my part of whether it's the podcast or anything with this network or even my brand, Distinguish, I'm going to actually use this as an example. The flyer that I just made for myself for Atlanta I'm getting more traction on that flyer than a positive post about black women and anything dealing with my community. Mm -hmm. So it's teaching me two things. People like when I post how I posted about the competition thing. As you guys know, I'm very competitive, but I did not engage people the way I thought I would when I was trying to just have candid conversations about everyday regular life shit. They weren't trying to have a ton of conversation. People commenting all under the the one about the show in Atlanta, but the other shit is fucking crickets. And I think, in my opinion, based on what we've done as a podcast and other things that we've done, I said it in an episode a while back too. When you get to a level in yourself that what you're talking about or what you're doing, quote unquote, for free, and then you actually go out there and do that again, and then you put together a show and people pay for it, I think at that particular level, that is when you know that the content, at at that point, people have to pay for it. We've done two live shows. People paid to hear us talk about something that they've heard us talk about already on the show for free. Yeah, and I think I think in those instances it's a little bit more clear cut because we're we say that we're getting paid to talk, but we're also getting paid to put on a production. And so in that instance, there is I would presume for at least people who are in the industry, there is a presumption that we are putting money into this production, which we are. Nine times out of ten, we're putting more time in because we're actually building whatever. You know, whatever y'all see there's Nine times out of ten, either me, Flo, or Distinguished did it, created it, made it, whatever have you. Um, but then, boom, you got to get tickets to come, be entertained, and see this production and be part of this production. So, yeah. When it's like, we could use the podcast for an example. Nine times out of ten, especially in this atmosphere, people don't want to pay for a podcast episode. They're not going to want to do... I mean, there are some who do paywalls. I know some successful podcasts that do it. Typically, the model that they follow is they give you free content and then they give you content behind a paywall once they've built a following that is, like, immense. And to me, that's a little bit of the cheat code because it's not necessarily telling you what the demand is Beyond the fact that if I get 25,000 people listening to this podcast, at least 5,000 of them are going to buy whatever I put out because they're super fans. They don't want to miss a fucking beat. That's not necessarily saying that the demand is asking for me to make this paywall content. That's more saying I have a cult following and they're going to be a small percentage of, or there's going to be a percentage in general of that population that is going to be a super fan and buy shit just to support, just because 
they they love us and they feel like supporting us is going to like somehow make them feel like they are part of the journey. And so that exists, but that makes it harder because then, yeah, the simple solution, I guess, for content would be once you get a large, large following, because people are going to pay for something at some point if you have 100,000 followers to your name, whether they think it's quality or not. Because, again, there's such a thing as a super fan. But like you said, the answer in, in another instance is not so clear cut, is not so, I guess, ingrained because content, we make content and it's kind of free. We put it on IG, we put it on SoundCloud, we put it on YouTube. And a lot of times the content does have gems in it. A lot of times the content does take a long time to create and make. A lot of times the content takes money to even produce, right? Cameras, lights, niggas got microphones at home, niggas got... Look at what the fuck we doing right now, bro. Bro, all of this was our investment, bro. We all got a home studio set up. Shit crazy, but we making it happen. All for for the fans, you know what I'm saying? And, and people that support us and people that every time this drop, run to it. You know what I'm saying? So... Very interesting conversation, but let's get into our politics so that we could wrap up. I know this is another long episode that we gave the people, even though it was uh, not that much to talk about this week. Definitely not that much, but we definitely had some good topics to discuss. So we definitely appreciate everybody who has made it this far in the podcast uh, episode. Uh, we are wrapping up momentarily. Stay with us. We're almost there. Well, I've got some red meat for you. We're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat. Y'all know that that means that we are in our politics section right before we wrap up. So just a couple things that everybody should be aware of. The House has passed the COVID relief bill. That's the $1.9 trillion bill that Biden has been fighting for. Um, Do you think it'll pass the Senate, bro? Mm. I mean, the Democrats have a razor thin uh, majority, so I do think that it will pass. But this is going to be the first test, I think, of the Biden administration in terms of them going through with something that's going to be pretty much on party lines and uh, passing it without any Republican support and how the Republicans are going to kind of use that and say that. Biden claimed he wanted to be a bipartisan president, but there's nothing bipartisan about this bill, blah, 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 which would be a little bit of a lie because a lot of Republican governors and a lot of Republican voters do want this bill. It's just the Senate is still in this obstructionist era bullshit. And I really don't understand why we don't understand. We don't know that that's just holding us back. But that's how I, I see it, bro. Um, if the bill does pass, do you think we're going to be back in action by summertime? I feel like whether the bill passes or not, we're going to be back in action by the summertime. We, we spoke about this a while back. People are getting restless. We saw, we saw a small spike in COVID outbreak, um, not too long ago, which was, um, Super Bowl weekend. We're going to see another uptick for St. Tra- Patrick's Day weekend, which is, I think, two weeks from now. 
we're going to see another uptick when people get their spring uh, uh, winter or spring break, which is happening in April. Yeah, spring break for colleges. So get ready, bro. What April hit, bro? March and April for sure. Yeah, it's on and popping. Yeah, it's on and popping. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, I do think that if it passes, we're going to see a lot more safety measures put in that are going to make a lot more businesses open up quicker. So I think a lot of businesses are going to get the relief that they've been screaming for. And in turn, we're going to see a lot of businesses that weren't open before because they didn't have the money to really retrofit um, a certain type of way. That's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I just got an email that the Nets are, are now letting fans back into the building. They're doing some tickets for basketball games. So that's opening back up. Um, yeah, we're going to see a lot of a lot of stuff get back in person. Um, I think especially if the bill goes through. Like you said, I think unofficially by the summertime, people are just going to start losing their minds 100%. Um, and I think this summer niggas is trying to party. Like, I feel it. Bro, we got to make up for all the 20. Well, I can't even say I definitely partied in 2020. I can't even, I can't even front. Like, I wasn't out. I was out there heavy. I was. Yeah, you was definitely out there. I, yeah, I was in Atlanta. I was in Jersey. I was in uh fucking Atlantic City. I was in Maryland. I was in the Poconos. I was, I was wilding. Yeah, you was you was definitely wilding. I was like, I I can't see this nigga in person no time soon. Cause uh, yeah, I haven't I didn't see you in months and fucking last year. I I was wilding. I ain't even gonna hold you. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. CPAC. CPAC was this weekend. I think it started Thursday or Friday or some shit like that. Um, For those of you who don't know what CPAC is, CPAC is a conservative function where they essentially, most of, well, usually, they talk about what conservative ideals need to be the focus point of the upcoming year. They talk about, there's always like some breakout star at this moment in time that they start to see as the new conservative leader, blase, blase. But of course, this year, it was focused on Trump. Now, it was so focused on Trump that an artist created a golden statue of him, and these niggas at CPAC put that at the front of their convention, and it greeted everybody that came in. My question is this, bro. I think the Republican Party is in trouble and it doesn't realize it. Will the Republican Party ever recover? No, 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 no. <laughs> all of that, all of that is smoke and mirror. I think I was watching some of that today earlier at work. All of that shit is smoke and mirrors. But I looked at it like, oh, this man is trying to pull a six nine, nigga. You're never coming back in style. You, you got, you got to believe that one. You know, you're not coming back. Yeah, I mean, I don't really see why people. The only people that are keeping Trump relevant is the media. If the media stops. Talking about this man, nobody is going to remember him. He is not on social media. Like, when he puts out his little press releases, there's nothing that is mine. Like, nobody cares. Yeah, banned from Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. This man is not getting his thoughts out no way, shape, or form. You know what I'm saying? So, the only ones that the media still 
every time he does something, oh, Trump will be here. Trump is doing this. Trump is doing that. And I I get it, you know what I mean? But at the same time, if we saying that we're trying to move on, let's move on. I don't really think that he has a chance in 2024. Even if he wants to run, you're running as someone who already lost. And America, I think, is really trying to move past this bullshit. And if Biden gets this $1.9 trillion passed in March, it's over for the Republican Party. If they don't jump on. Yeah, niggas going to love this nigga. <laughs> I just, I just, I just low key got a notification that shit is about to get real with Casanova Two X. Yo, pray, yo, pray for all these rappers in twenty twenty one. God damn, son. Yeah, pray, pray for them. Um, what do you hear when you hear the word conservatism? You know what's crazy? I think in a lot of ways, I am a conservative. And when I say conservative, I don't mean in no way, shape or form anything dealing with the Republican Party. (laughs) However, in terms of just keeping things the way they are, certain cultures and certain, you know, maybe sayings and certain places. I'm low key a conservative at heart, like I embrace change. But deep down inside, I like things to stay the same, hence why I feel like i be so tight when relationships end for me because i just be like, I'm a relationship nigga. Why the fuck you want to go? Mm. Let's work it out. You know what I mean? And then me, I'm, I'm never really the first person to be like, let's break up. But when I hear conservatism, I guess the first word that really comes to me is... change Mm. but not change in i want things to change like no things changed so let's just keep it the way it is yeah i can see that unfortunately the first thing that comes to mind and this is not due to the word or conservative um conservative people in general but just what has happened to the word and and the people that flock to the word, the first thing that comes to mind for me is racism, bro. Honestly. Like that's the first thing that comes to mind is, is racist ideologies that are not looking to be progressive in terms of making a more perfect union. Like, the whole idea of America is to continue the why the way the Constitution is written in order for it to have amendments and things like that is so that because the founders, to some extent, believe that there could always be a more perfect union. And they wanted to make sure that the document would be able to capture that more perfect union as it evolved. And so when I hear conservatism sometimes. I think of all the things that conservative people have stood for and oftentimes it's holding other groups back, racism, sexism, um, homophobia, things of that nature. And that's kind of what I hear every time I hear conservatism now. And again, I don't think that every person who deems themselves conservative, because I, I agree, I think that all of us have conservative sides to us. Um, politically and just in general, but 
just what the word represents in 2021, it just seems to be just anything that's going to hold you back or fear. Fear is another big word that comes to mind when it comes to conservatism. Uh, and with that being said, there's been a lot of hate crimes against Asian Americans, Americans rather, 800% spike. spike. Jeremy Lin was called the coronavirus the other day while he was playing basketball. Uh, It's getting nasty. Um, So, you know, prayers for that community. Uh, I think I know. Yeah, with Pop Smoke. Yeah. Boogie, so. I mean, it's it's, it's always a little tricky how... Hollywood always manages to get these things out right on the time that certain groups are being either uh, like glorified and or discriminated against. It's always like I always look at that. I'm like, and definitely, definitely for the last, I would say, I would say it's longer than the last two years. It's definitely been more like five years, but definitely for the last five years. The Asian community has been highlighted more in film, TV, movies, and everything of that nature. Well, listen, I I encourage everybody to watch Amend. And in Amend, uh, we've been speaking about this for a while now, but in Amend, they, they talk about the Chinese Exclusionary Act. And they talk about what the Asian community had to go through then. They didn't really even go over the internment camps that happened during the Vietnam War and things of that nature. But the Chinese Exclusionary Act is one of the main pieces of legislation against Asian Americans that America first delves into. And that's why we have Chinatowns and Koreatown and all these different segregated. Yep, because. Because the the people, well, one, they were throwing out a whole bunch of Asian people. And then two, that's how they decided to kind of fight back is they built their own communities and they were allowed to more so than black people. Um, So they built their own. Partly, yeah. Partly that's why is because they decided like, yo, the way we're going to fight against how the... yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have our own communities and we're gonna we're gonna do what it do. And they did face massacres as well. There was a massacre that happened, I believe, in I don't wanna get it wrong, but I believe it was Texas, where um there was a rumor that a Chinese man had shot at a American man, and so a hundred, I think, or so uh Americans came with guns and went to a a Chinese uh, area where predominantly Chinese people living and shot the whole shit up. So a lot of racism and discrimination in America and it, it reared its head in many different ways. But um, another beast that apparently is, is rearing its head is governor Cuomo is under fire, bro. Yeah. He's been under fire for, for the last two weeks. And I feel like, the more and more people bring up so yo, I don't, I don't even know if I got to. I mean, I sent it to you, actually, 
when he said on the fucking news, you know, and, and people were saying that I, that I was aggressive. And, you know, my, my reply to that was, I wasn't aggressive. I should have been more aggressive. I was like, yo. I'm going to be honest, bro. The aggressive allegation to me was was trash. Like, he yelled and screamed in a meeting at me or whatever the case is. Okay, not the best. No, I don't like, in, especially in in this post-Trump era, you want to be tempered in how you're dealing with your staff and how you're dealing with yourself in a professional setting. Not the most professional to be yelling at people. Absolutely not. But for that to be the reason, like, people are telling him to resign and stuff, nah, I wasn't really, to me, that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't good. And, and what's crazy is going to the resignation part, were these the same people that was allowing Trump to slide when he was like, um, Haiti is a shithole country? Were these the same people that was letting Trump slide when he was like, all you got to do is grab him by the pussy, all you need is money? Now, the sexual assault allegations, which I don't, uh, you know, that they're going to have to do what they do in terms of in investigating. But that that's when I said, okay, I don't know what's going on with Cuomo, but he got some explaining to do. Like that. Now he has said that it's more so he said inappropriate comments, still nasty work. But, uh, you know, again, he claims like he said, I think the there's a woman who said that uh, he was like hitting on her in terms of like, oh, do you want to be with a, have you ever been with an older man before or something of that nature? Nasty work. Definitely. Resignation worthy, I'm not 100% sure. Like, I'm not that woman. I don't know how that made her feel. So depending on how she felt, if she felt threatened, if she felt like her career was in, in jeopardy, if she didn't uh, listen to what he, his advances, then, yeah, resignation. If it was just a, a poor comment that was not something he should have said in a professional workplace, he should get some type of... uh punishment i just don't know if resignation is what we need to be talking about but as i said they are investigating as more and more comes out um i think it is now two two or more people that have stated that he's sexually harassed them at the workplace so it's not looking it's not looking good but at the same time and i'm not defending this nigga's actions at all part of this to me if i'm just keeping it honest feels like a political hit job Listen, it, it could be. I mean, shit. You 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 get enough you you get enough people in the room that are donkeys, and you get a minuscule amount of people that are elephants, and you call everybody donkeys in the room. That don't mean that there's not a few elephants in there, but the elephants just for that day might be like, I am a donkey, just to go along with the shit. Yes, and I get the analogy. I just hope everybody else does. But <laughs> but no, like for real, I think. I'm not even, I'm, and I don't want our listeners to get it confused. I'm not even talking about the sexual harassment stuff. I think that that needs to be investigated. But to when you say like, yo, this nigga yelled at me and that comes out right after there's like reports of mismanagement with COVID after a year of us heralding this person as the COVID king who, yeah, who got, New York back on his feet during or at least 
uh, was able to handle the crisis as New Yorkers would see was an appropriate way to handle it. The same man that was doing well or somewhat decent when it came to uh, police brutality and and Black Lives Matter and all of that. So last year, this man is the king of the world. This year, he's a piece of shit. Like that to me feels like a political hit job. And and again, like just all of this stuff at the same time is just like, well, damn, like they saw he it seems like somebody saw he was vulnerable with the nursing home situation, which clearly there was something going on there. And you're not going to just tell me it was just, you know, misreported numbers. Clearly, there was uh, something going on. The numbers weren't so statically like crazy that, you know, what I mean, I don't know. It, it was, I think, 5000 underreported. Um Cool, though. Still a problem. A huge problem. But um, that happens. Then my man comes out, says, yo, I've been screaming about this. I've been saying this for a while. Then he's like, yeah. And then when I brought it up, I was yelled at. And he's very unprofessional. Da, 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 da. He should resign. Now there's the the sexual allegations. And now it's like, yo, it's, it just seems like a lot. So we definitely have to watch this. Again, I've said it. Once you throw the sexual allegations in anything, that's when she's like, uh, now we got to really start to pay attention. That's a fact. And the final thing before we wrap up, Johnson & Johnson has released their version of the COVID, uh, the COVID vaccine. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to... No comment. I know too much information on that. Shout out to the DOH. Can't even, I can't even speak on that. I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm going to leave it at that. I do not think that inherently any of the vaccines are unsafe. I'm going to be the one to say that. Now, I'm not telling you, I'm not suggesting to anybody what they should do with their health. I am not a doctor, and I'm not going to tell people if they should or should not get the vaccine. What I will say is from research, looking at things, and observing, knowing a couple of people who have been vaccinated, inherently, I don't see too much to be concerned about with the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine. The Johnson & Johnson one just got released today, and this is my only caveat. Now, again, I am not a doctor, and I am not telling you what to do or what not to do with your body, okay? My problem is this. <laughs> it was about a year ago, that Johnson & Johnson was telling niggas that they lotion was giving them cancer. So you mean to tell me I'm supposed to believe that these niggas got a vaccine right after these niggas got lotion wrong and was giving niggas cancer through lotion and baby powder? I don't know, bro. I don't know, bro. Like, Moderna and Pfizer, I don't have no beef with. I don't have no beef with their vaccine. I don't. I don't. I don't. No, like, you can't convince me that there's an issue with their shit based off of the science. I don't know what may happen in 10 years. I I also think there's very, there's really no evidence that suggests that something will happen to you in 10 years with those particular vaccines. With that being said, again, I'm not telling you you should do it or you shouldn't. But that Johnson & Johnson... <laughs> I'm a little concerned about only because of 
what happened about a year ago there was there was commercials every single day about these niggas giving niggas cancer through fucking lotion and baby powder. No comment. <laughs> That's all I got. That's all I what's the tough nut, broski? <laughs> tough nut is fellas, if you are not prepared to help that beautiful black queen build that empire, you need to retire your advancements. Huh, what would dad say? Dad would say, this world has been built off of conflict, but it, it will only strive through peace. This has been another episode of Dad Hats and Bowties, and we are out.